We are here at the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. Not really at the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. I guess we're just on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. Regardless, it is me, Greg DeMarco. And, of course, with me, as always, is the wrestling realist himself, Patrick O'Dowd. At Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. That is W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. Because um, it's spelled wrong. But if you search for Patrick O'Dowd, he'll come up. And, of course, Greg DeMarco 411. Spelled as you would expect, Patrick O'Dowd. Spelled as you would expect. Hey, I ran out of characters. Twitter has rules. Twitter, not your Twitter fault. has rules. It's not, I, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just, just saying like that you're it's, saying it's my fault, man. I'm not saying. Apparently, apparently you can't handle just a little bit of joking criticism. Shut up! But we are here to talk about WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, of course, following up on WWE Backlash... Um, of course, not really following up on Backlash because that's a SmackDown pay-per-view. We are following up on, uh, I don't even know, what was, what was the last? Payback, right? Payback, yep. Payback. The, what other generic pay-per-view name are we following up on? It is Payback. It, wait, are we really on pay-per-view number three after WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, because we had Payback wow. followed by Backlash. Uh, backlash. Followed backlash. By backlash? Good enough to call backlash? No, you weren't, Joey such Styles. A, no, you weren't. Good, such a good promo. That still might be the best promo I've ever seen. I know everyone loves the pipe bomb, but you know, I think the the not, backlash not, one Craig. aged. Huh? Not, not everyone. You liked it not, at the time. I I didn't like it as much as I like Joey Styles. Okay, uh, that that's true. I'll, I'll give that. you that. I, I was going to give you this. Nice try, though. But I'm not because you're right. You were always a Joey Styles guy, and and uh, at least from that promo in the land, in, in the land so. of shoot promos, right? I'm just kidding. No, there's no bullshit from this one. I no, call out the all. bullshit, sir. Of course not. Of, of course not. You are that is that is a legit one. No, I I can vouch for it. Patrick O'Dowd always loved that one because Joey Styles was just, was just perfect for it. Absolutely perfect. And when you know it's perfect, Patrick O'Dowd. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some Extreme Rules. So we have six matches that are announced for Extreme Rules, and we're going to go over those briefly and talk about it. But let's just jump in with the card overall, Patrick O'Dowd. We've got ourselves a fatal five-way Extreme Rules match, even though – any fatal whatever way match in WWE is automatically no disqualification. So I don't quite know why we need the Extreme Rules tag, other than the fact that it's the name of the event. Uh, of course, we've got the Intercontinental Championship match, the Kendo Stick on a Pole match, a.k.a. the Vince Russo special, the tag team match inside of the Unforgiving Steel Cage, the submission match, and the mixed tag team match. So Patrick O'Dowd, just as overall, I mean, Extreme Rules is, is sort of a, a pay-per-view that, you know, every match has to carry a stipulation. And a, when you think of Extreme Rules, I mean, just, just to the naked eye, what would you automatically assume when you hear Extreme Rules? What would I assume? I would assume something in the veins of ECW. Right. And, and that's obviously what they're trying to capitalize on and, exactly. and where they're going with that. That's not what this is, though. That's, that's not no. even close no, 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 to no. what we have here. Extreme Rules has just become every match has some kind of stipulation, wonky stipulation or otherwise. 
And, and there's nothing extreme about a submission match. In fact, it's more technical in nature because uh, not even an I quit match, which could go a little more extreme. Um, well, same thing with say, if you were disqualified, you lose your title match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one in particular. This is a. Uh, this feels more like a Clash of the Champions, um, you know, WCW sort of deal than it does an Extreme Rules pay per view. If they really wanted to channel the spirit of ECW with an extreme with this Extreme Rules uh, pay per view, then you book it like ECW, uh, and, and I think that you, of all people. Uh, can uh, can appreciate that the whole uh, frenetic nature that comes with with um to with with the, all those old shows from the nineties where like sometimes it was just kind of match on top of match on top of match and there was never like never there were the like there was never like Sandman having a kendo stick match like the Sandman just showed up with his kendo stick and beat people yeah, with it. there was like, one that was the, the stairway to hell match where the kendo yes. stick. The latter match where the prize was a kendo stick, and and it didn't even end there. Um, they did yeah, it so it's it's right. They cashed anyway, on it one ahead. time, but it is it's it's very interesting because it, it's not extreme at all in nature, and and the name tries to elicit that a little bit, but it's really just a stipulation heavy event, is all it is. In fact, you could dare say that 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 the TLC pay per view is far more extreme rules than extreme rules is. Yeah. I, and also all those matches have stipulations as well. So it's, it's not really, right. <laughs> uh, and they, and that one drives me nuts because you literally have to have a tables match, a ladders match and a chairs match. Plus the all three. Plus that one time they had the stairs match. Yeah. Was that was just awful. Like, cause you, you know, can't use the stairs in any other match. It's going right. to get to the point, Patrick O'Dowd, because we like to overuse things. Maybe in, in maybe five years from now, we're going to have a super kick match. When they sign the young bucks, maybe. Maybe we're, we're, you won't see super kicks throughout the year until we bust out the super kick match. And then yeah, it's the, just a the, super kick party. The, su- the super kicks are off limits. That's Rick right. Rogers will be happy that. for 11 months out of the year. That's right. And then he'll complain. So, and our good friend, Evan Ginsburg. I don't know if you're friends with Evan Ginsburg on Facebook, but you should, because he just finds any reason to complain about everything. Like he is oh. that person that I complain about. Wow. Yeah. We all have one. It's, we do. It's, but here's the thing is some of that stuff is justified. Like when I look at this mat, these card and these matches, one, I actually had to look up the card and look up these matches. Cause, um, Outside of the main, I'm really not that into Raw right now. I've seen the I've seen Dean Ambrose and the Miz work. I've seen uh, I've seen the Hardy. You know the Hardys in this this Cesaro and Sheamus match. Hopefully, this is a culmination of what those guys have been doing together. I think it will be. And then, like Alexa Bliss and Bailey, meh. Uh, it, I'll get anybody who really cares about Noam Dar and Alicia Fox versus Rich Swan and Sasha Banks outside of their immediate families. I'll give you a dollar. Hey, Sue Young cares, Patrick O'Dowd. I, I, I did you not hear me say immediate family? I know. I'm just, just saying. I'm, I may be I may be a little a little uh, a little under the weather right now tonight, but I'm not like I don't I have control of my faculties, sir. And I know I know who cares. I know who cares about this match, and it's basically their family. 
Look, Ma. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it. can I have some decorum, please? And it's anyway. not even a knock. It's not even a knock on on the performers in that match. Like it's it's not really. I don't know. It's just not that. Like that's not overly grabbing, you know, an attention grabber. No, I get it. I definitely do get it. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's start with that one. Uh, we know that it hasn't grabbed your attention. I mean, we've got Rich Swan and Sasha Banks teaming up against Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. And remember, this whole thing between Rich Swan and Noam Dar is really because of Cedric Alexander, guy who's not even in the match and, and, and not even anywhere near the build or, or anything for this match at this point. Like, the only reason Swan did what he did was because Alicia Fox left Cedric Alexander for Noam Dar. And, yeah. and then Sasha Banks, she just showed up because she didn't like you know, Alicia Fox's hair extensions. Like, that, that's what they talked well, about is, in the promo. Which tells you, which tells you really what, what – there are times when I make this joke about, like, creative. And, you know, people just sitting around the table being like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should send Sasha over there. Like that's kind yeah, of how really, it feels. Sasha wasn't doing anything. Two hundred five yeah. live is hurting. Let's send Sasha. I'm like, you want to give a lot of attention to two hundred five live? Don't send Did Sasha. Send, send Nia Jax. <laughs> yeah, because she could actually compete with them. Like I am dead serious. Send Nia yeah. Jax to two hundred five live and and have her feud with with Noam Dar. That's entertaining, and I mean it. That I'm not joking around. Now, I mean, if if you look at so, what she's billed at, she has to drop some weight. Um, I didn't uh, realize she was billed it. Now, no, now I'm serious. You're, now, now you're stirring some feathers. I'm not. No, her I'm legitimate billing is 240 pounds. And oh, yeah, I don't yeah. even think she looks 240. Um, no, I don't think so. No. Actually, here it's saying she's billed it. She's, she weighs 240, and she's billed at 272. And she's, that woman's not putting no, 300 pounds. That can't That's be crazy. right. Yeah. No way. That, that's, I don't. I don't believe in that at all. Um, I would honestly think she was more close to the 205 range of of 205 live. Um, she's six feet tall, so yeah, that uh, that is part. That does of it. make a difference. It does. It does definitely does make a difference. But to me, like that would be entertaining uh, because sure. they're, they're legitimate matches. Now they won't do that. I mean, they've done it. They did it with China. Yeah, they did it with Beth true. Phoenix in the Royal Rumble. They, they could pull it off everyone. Or send Asuka over there. Like, Asuka versus Rich Swan would she, be an entertaining wrestling match. Uh, Asuka needs competition. Yeah, she's not getting it in, in NXT, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that is, that is true. Look, and, well, yeah, you know, at least, it's not, at least it's not the NXT tag team division where they didn't even bother oh. to record anything for the Authors of Pain at the last tapings because they got no one for them to feud with. It's an indie fight, man. They're not even doing the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They didn't even kick off anything for that because there's no tag teams. None. Yeah. It's it's tough. It, tag team wrestling. We we've talked about this for too long. Like it's a long dying, care. slow yeah. dying. Are they going to break uh, up Enzo and Cass? Because they don't. I mean, you don't mind that, but they don't. They don't care about that. Because I don't like Enzo, man. Like right. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, it's 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 so funny because you know they're teasing the revival thing. It's painfully obvious to almost anybody watching. That Big Cass is the one attacking Enzo on Raw. So, oh hell yeah, oh yeah, and good. absolutely. Like here's the, here's what I think though, and, and we're getting totally off topic though. Yeah. They will be back together, Enzo and Cass. And sure. Here's what's gonna happen: they're gonna break up, and and then you know they're gonna 
you know, fight, do whatever. Cass is going to win. Enzo's going to go away or do become the new R Truth while R Truth is getting serious for his Goldust feud. And yeah. and next thing you know, um, you know, Enzo is going to come out and help Cass, or Cass is going to save something from Enzo. And then you're going to have the heel Enzo and Cass because everyone loves heels. And then they're going to get so over and so popular as heels, they're going to turn face, and that's when Cass is going to see his main success. Like. It's going to have to spin around like this a couple of different ways. And I do think Cass is going to be a huge star. I think that's the roadmap to get there. It's the New Day 2.0 sort of thing. Right. Except without yeah, the breakups. They went heel and then just kind of turned face. Kind of like when the Shield turned face. Like they yeah. they didn't really have a face turn moment. They just sort of no, – and, and many don't. Well, the, it's the nature of – you talked about, you know, people love heels. Wait. When heels are done really, really well, like people like them, they want to, they want to yeah. see them succeed, and so that's that's how that goes. Yeah. The performer gets over, and that's why I try to tell people: if you really like what Jinder Mahal's doing, boo that man, boo that man, like right, me. like because that's the best that's, thing you can do for him. Perfect. And, and Chris Jericho said it best, even though he's working everybody with the whole "I'm going to be gone for a long, long time." He yeah. said it best, like he turned face; he knew it was time to leave. Because everyone's going to say that he's become a mockery of Chris Jericho as a face, because that's what happens a lot of the time, uh, yeah. you know. And when and and when the time comes and Kevin Owens turns face, and we know you know it's going to happen. Like well, everybody WWE. does it. I mean, yeah, there's no there's nobody. You know, the Shield is like, buddy buddy again. Like think about yeah. that. The Shield is buddy buddy. Sure, sure. Owens and Zane. Yeah, I mean Rollins drove a stake through the heart basically of Reigns and Ambrose when he broke up the shield and yep. and their buddy buddy again. Like that's just crazy. Well, um, that's just the nature of the WWE though. And as we, as we stay way off topic here, like that's just how the cycle goes. They don't do like, I, I was sitting there trying to think of any, any heel that's been a heel the entirety of their career. Without any rotation. I can only think of about one or two guys in this sort of era of the WWE. Well, that's because, the thing. I don't know if it's been long enough. Because, like, it, has Bray Wyatt been around long enough for that to, you know, him to quote, unquote. It's like you have to pitch a certain amount of games. You have to have a certain number of at-bats before you can win the batting title. Like, has he had enough yeah, at-bats? But, but my point is, is that a lot of times the WWE doesn't let it get to that. Like, the WWE right. will find, like, Kane, Kane came out as a, like, Kane's career is, or anybody like who's had a long career, like you can see the way, like they, the wrestling is fluid. It's not like it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago with you, you had your face, you had your top baby and you had people who just never worked any other way other than baby and or heel. Like Ted DiBiase never became a good guy really in the WWE. Like the, the million dollar man who, you know, who flaunted money in front of children and then like kicked basketballs out away from them. So they didn't get it. Like that guy never became a good guy. Um, yeah. He'll, and, and heel turns and stuff. I don't know that they, I don't know that I would argue that they were more impactful, but they were definitely less frequent. Yeah. Well, and, and heel turns happen, but face turns rarely happen. It's usually yeah, just face true. evolution. You know, heel no, turns, no, but faces don't really turn. Unless you're Randy Savage and you get back together with Elizabeth, and then like that's just right. straight up face turn. That is a face turn. Well, even like like Jericho, I mean, he didn't turn face. Owens just attacked him and and basically yeah. turned him face, but he still didn't change. He was still heelish, Chris Jericho. 
Um, I mean, you can't look at Alexa Bliss. She hasn't, Alexa Bliss she hasn't been there long enough. Even The Miz had a short run as a face, which sounds crazy to think about. Yeah. The Miz was a face Weird. at some point. Um, but that's just the Weird. WWE. And it got over. As, that, that's the yeah. silly part. It got over when he was a face. But um, jumping back into this card, we have a mixed tag team back match. Back to Rich, Right to right what we don't care about. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. I really need to get the Alicia Fox soundbite with Noam Dar saying her name because that's sometimes the most entertaining part of 205 Live outside of anything that Neville's doing because he's amazing. But who you got? I mean, I don't care. Like, it's a coin toss match to me. I think I think, I think it should go Rich Swan and Sasha, but mm-hmm. – I, I thought we do. I thought we no longer made predictions, Greg. What happened here? Well, we we do in the sense that we just kind of oh. do at the end usually. So just, you're right though. Like I did a, I did go just, back into the formula. All right, don't like, make a just prediction. Just like a heel run. Just like a heel right. run. <laughs> just right back to the formula. I did go right back to the formula. So we don't have to give the prediction right now. We can do it at the end. Oh, so okay. we're still predicting all the matches. <laughs> Well, we still predict all the matches. If you remember, even with Backlash, like we talked about the cards in the very end, we were like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? So let's fast forward a little bit because we were subject to uh, a This Is Your Life segment on Raw on Monday with Alexa Bliss and Bailey. And first things first when it comes to This Is Your Life, they should just never do a This Is Your Life segment again because it will never be as good as the first one. Like like when they when Mick Foley and The Rock and This Is Your Life was the ultimate This Is Your Life segment, paid off by the fact that at the very end it, it was a birthday celebration for The Rock. But at the very end, The Rock turns around and says, "By the way, The Rock's birthday is May second, you idiot!" Like he it wasn't even on The Rock's birthday, just showing that Foley didn't know when The Rock's birthday was in character anyway. And it was just so well done. You can never touch that again. Even when they, they've tried yep. to go to that well before, they should just hire hire somebody and, and, and I'm available to stand there and just wait until someone suggests until Vince McMahon was like, Let's just do it, this is your life segment and just slap him in the face so he realizes that's stupid. Because this was stupid. And the only thing that made it even partially viable was the presence of Alexa Bliss. Like she is is living proof of what it takes to be successful in WWE and that's to make chicken chicken shit. We've that many, many times. Um, I mean, you know, hell, I mean, you know, paint skin with bright red hair, got it up, buying a character 100%. I mean, he's, here it is, over. And it, it just works because the characters buy into it. And that's the thing about Alexa Bliss. Like, you give her anything, she's going to make it work. Yeah, she's been doing a great job with it. Like from the moment she's given anything, it, we we talked about this with Cody. We've talked about this with other wrestlers too. Like you're right. Like you take what you you take what you have and you run with it. And she's really shown a lot of her skill and talent um, to try and make something out of out of an awful segment. And we still haven't even really got into the other half of this match and and the other member <laughs> of that tango because because I know you've got feelings. Uh, oh, I got about this. Um, but but before I let you go off on your feelings, it just it just ain't working with Bailey, man. It's it's just not, and nope. and it's not, and, and I don't necessarily think that it's, uh, her her story that she's being given to work with, so much as as she's not much. 
I'll, I'll say I'll say it too. I know you're gonna say it as well. I, I don't I don't find her engaging when she talks. Like she's got her hug thing, and I think she's bad on the mic. Like I just really think that she's not very good on the mic. I think the phrase bad on a mic is generous at this point. Mm-hmm. She's terrible on the mic. And and you know my feelings about this, but I, I'll express them publicly because I started to write the column and never wrote it. Maybe I still will. Because after This Is Your Life, here's what everybody is saying, that, that the writing has failed Bailey. And, and you got to understand something. When you go to the main roster in the WWE, the writing is what you signed up for. You signed up for bad writing when you made the jump to the main roster. Like you signed up to to do to you know to do this, and and here we are today, stuck with with bad writing Bailey, and maybe I'll just start calling her that bad writing Bailey. And and here's the thing though, and this is the, the major point: uh, the problem with Bailey is not the writing; it's Bailey. And I'm sorry to all you you, you Bailey lovers out there who love Bailey, whether it's because she's good with the kids or whether it's because beneath that Bailey exterior is still like this, this big ass and big boobs that guys love. And, and she just doesn't have it. And, and it's just her character, her delivery. It worked in NXT. It worked on a smaller scale. You could have this nervous, you know, borderline crying style of delivery and it'll work with that gracious crowd. It doesn't work with the casual fan base. And that's why Bailey has not worked. Um, and then you put her in This Is Your Life, and you put her in a kendo stick on a pole match. And, and, and I know it's a stretch, but it may not be that much of a stretch. Patrick O'Dowd, you have come such a long way with the women's division. I mean, you have just turned – you've changed the titles. You had this mega WrestleMania match at WrestleMania 32 between Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch that might end up being the pinnacle of women's wrestling in the WWE. And as sad as that is to say. And then here we go to Extreme Rules, and what do we have? A phallic symbol on a phallic symbol match, Patrick O'Dowd. That's what we have. A stick on a pole. You you, – you take your liberal bias bullshit. Blah. No, I'm just kidding. I, this this is insulting to me. This is you know we made a Vince Russo joke. People, yeah. nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see this kind of match. No, it doesn't no, need this stupid stipulation. And and again, seriously, I think that people were just sitting around being like, I don't know, maybe we should put a kendo stick on a pole. And, and like put them like, in the cage. Yeah. You, you know, give them that or give them the extreme rules match. That's all you have sure. to do. It's like, which they're yeah. going to get extreme rules anyway with a kendo stick on a pole match. Cause once someone gets the stick down, it's fair game. You can pull a kendo stick out from under the ring. You don't need to hang it on a pole. The kendo stick that won't draw blood. Um, or, you know, yeah. just make a lot of noise. It, it's, it's weird. It's, it's so strange. It, that this sort of selection was what was made as as a decision for a match, or as a stipulation. It's just it it, set, it sets back. You know, you talked about it maybe being a little bit much, but it sets back the women's division significantly. It does because it's stupid. And and the women's division now on Raw isn't interesting. It isn't compelling. Uh, I I hate to admit it, but like Charlotte is. Charlotte is where the where the women's division goes. Yes, it and no. that's not an. I go ahead. Okay, finish before I respond. 
I she's I, I'm not saying that I like her. I don't think that she's not my favorite member of that like whole Divas Revol- or Women's Revolution bit, um, or even my favorite member out of that Horsewomen group. But there's a lot of great women wrestlers all across both divisions. But really, what what gets paid attention to? Like, what really gets paid attention to? Like, who what, what do people talk about? Who do people talk about? Who do people follow? Like, I think yeah, it's Charlotte. Oh, it, it's Charlotte. But there's, so there's, there's still Sasha Banks. But she's working a tag match with Rich Swan and not, like, sure, there's Sasha Banks. But what are they doing? Like, they don't they don't they're not doing anything. Like, she's not like she's not driving the women. So here's my point: is Charlotte left? And got to immediately continue driving the women's division over on SmackDown. And the SmackDown women's division by no means was strong before Charlotte got there. It was it was sort of treading water. I feel like they just moved where the water is being tread. And now it's being tread over here uh, on Raw. And it's it speaks to like this this idea of depth in the women's division. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a more limited depth than people get a, give it credit for. Uh, and I think that it's because uh, because if Sasha Banks is really like where where we want her to be, she wouldn't be in a, a she wouldn't be in a mixed tag match with Rich Swan, Noam Dar, and Alicia Fox. She just wouldn't. And she'd be doing oh, I, something I agree with you. that would be she would she would be the one feuding with Alexa Bliss right now, other than ba- you know as opposed to Bailey. And I think that there are reasons, uh, and it's clear that. You know the WWE see Sasha one way and Bailey the other, and I don't know that it's exactly equal. I don't yeah, think it's exactly I, equal I said, either. But here's the thing: they can, they can still get there with Sasha Banks and with Bailey, like, like not with, with Sasha Banks and then with Alexa Bliss. Like you can actually put those two together and, and have a hell of a feud for the women's championship on Raw, and I think they will. I think that's probably the next step once you know Alexa Bliss is nobody with else. Bailey. Because there is no well, Nia Jax could, could work. They've already teased. Because there's nobody else. There's nobody else. <laughs> Maybe. Nice try. No, that might be true. If I had right? a soundbite, I'd be Adam piercing you right now. I didn't know you could make Adam Pierce a verb. I did. I just did it. You did. Nice try, though. Happy. I did that for I you. I am happy. Thank Not you. Sure doubt I did that. Not driving the division. No, because Alexa Bliss is driving that division right now. And and she's doing a damn fine job of it. And I'm done stuff saying that because of her phenomenal ass. Like she's a phenomenal performer. And everyone loves Alexa Bliss for that reason, the physical reason, but she is a hell of a performer and, and can do a lot. And I honestly think that hopefully the SummerSlam program is Bliss and Sasha Banks because that can be entertaining if they give it time and, and, and can be great. Um Nia Jax had a point when she made her tweet about how uh, it's really wonderful how SmackDown can use all of their women every week on television. <laughs> and having one less hour, Patrick O'Dowd, despite having one less hour. It's because the three-hour show is too long. It's so long that we can't use the entire women's process. Right. So you've you got to be shorter, so you got to get them all in there. Cause you tag might team know. wrestlers and singles matches and, uh, you know, and, and 205 Live performers on Raw because we don't have enough. So, just really dumb things. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's not yep. even uh, an argument that, nope. that we can make. Like, that's not even a fight oh, that we I can was, have. I wasn't making an argument. I was making that as a statement. Oh, I know. Like, you're, you're exactly right in that statement. There's no yeah. one who can argue against that statement. Um, but it, it, here's what needs to happen, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. I think if if it were me, and it's not, I don't get to book this stuff, even though I'd love to. Alexa Bliss should absolutely destroy Bailey. I'm not saying right. Squash match. Yeah, I'm not saying no, it should yeah, be a squash match. But once Bliss gets her hands on the kendo stick, and once she's about to go over, that's when it should become absolute destruction, to the point yep. where it, where Bailey has to go away for a while, because Bailey just doesn't. And, and I'm not saying that Bailey coming back will just fix Bailey, but it, maybe she can work on some things. I don't know. Uh, if Bailey has any chance of succeeding in the long term, she's got to go away for a while. Got to go get some work. Absolutely no reason. And I'm not saying send her down to NXT because all she would lo- do is lose to Asuka. So that's not, you know, what – She's uh, already done what that. Needs to happen. Yeah, and, and she's – exactly. That, that's everyone loses to Asuka. It's like LOL Asuka wins, but nobody's going to say that because everyone loves Asuka. So we're not going to say LOL Asuka wins. Um, no, we can say but, it. We can say it. Oh, I, I, I'm saying it, and, and I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm you, okay with it. You've ripped on Bailey, the internet darling, as well. So, you know. Yeah, but the internet's dumb Asuka. for that one. Like Alexa yeah. or Alexa Bliss, Oscar deserves Oscar. the praise. Oh yeah, she's that good. Oscar's earned the praise. She's so, she's amazing, and she's telling the truth when she says she's got no competition. Now I I put it in in my bold predictions. She should have lost the title at the last takeover, in my opinion. I think it would have been great. Maybe way to do it. Well, had Ruby Riot pinned Nikki Cross, and Oscar yeah. wasn't involved in the fall, at least you could have made it interesting. Now, I think by the next takeover, probably at one of the next two sets of tapings, Asuka would have won the title back. Yeah. But at least something would have happened other than she's just facing them in the three-way again. And, and we're just waiting until Ember Moon comes back. And that's fine. Wait till Ember Moon comes back. But do, it, do this first in a sense that you could still make it exciting. Remember, I'm the guy who thought Delirious should have won the Ring of Honor World title from Brian Danielson when – when Danielson called him out because he was going to be an easy opponent. I also said Danielson wins it back immediately in the very next match they have. But you can mm-hmm. – like, like it, it humanizes the champion when they lose and win it right back because you can get an upset. You know, and that's why like in the UFC, a lot well, – there's been times when you lose a belt and the champion gets a rematch and they win it back. And, and because sometimes you can just have a bad day. Remember, Samoa Joe was always susceptible to the flash pin. And that's Thanks, where you could go with this. Exactly. Was it Cole Cabana uh, that said that? No, Cole Cabana didn't say it, but I think Cole Cabana was – I think he <laughs> pulled it off. Like, I think he was one of the ones he who did. won with a roll-up. He definitely uh, did. He and Jay Lethal. That's right. Someone would well, you actually, you know, when you, were, when you were talking about people who are awful on the mic but at least had some talent, uh, and, and we've been talking about Bailey, Jay Lethal is one of the people that comes to mind. When he first, when he first was yeah. on – like when he would get on the mic, but it got dude. better. Yeah, he did. But you know he, why? Because he got to practice. Not just that, but I think when he started doing the 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 you know black machismo gimmick, and then he yeah. even got to be Ric Flair once, I think that made him comfortable. And sure. he realized because he got out of himself. Because people have a hard time. You almost have to master a character before you can then be yourself turned to 11. In all this, this yep. talk about dive and everything, William Regal, his original series of tweets that got put together in the one big thing, came back up. And one of the things he said was, imagine the worst possible character that you could ever be given and then go and master it because then you could do anything. Yep. And that's, you know, and for, some, and, and for Nick Nemeth, it was probably Dolph Ziggler. What's the worst thing they could do? They could make me Dolph Ziggler and have me introduce myself to everybody backstage for a month and a half. And yet there he is, still relevant to this day. Getting wins over AJ Styles. 
getting wins over AJ Styles clean, which is, uh, the yeah. internet's going uh, to because next week on SmackDown we have Nakamura yeah. versus Owens. I'll save that. I want to ask you about that later. Actually, something that I thought yeah. about before we started recording tonight. So okay. let's move on from Alexa sure. Bliss and Bailey to Dean By Ambrose. Way, and Ale- the I, I will predict this one very Alexa Bliss wins. God, I hope so. Uh, and I would predict the same thing when we do them at the end. Um, Dean Ambrose and The Miz. First of all, we saw this on SmackDown. Like, I get, the, the superstar shakeup isn't supposed to just be let's let's lift and let's lift and drop a feud from SmackDown into mm-hmm. Raw. Like, the feud ended already in SmackDown, yet it somehow got reignited in Raw. How is that exciting? Unless the WWE is basically telling us we know that the same people don't watch Raw and SmackDown, which isn't true. It's the same people, largely. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's like, why are we just recycling the same feud on the other brand? Like, like it's bad enough that Raw announces a five-way and then SmackDown has to have a five-way, and that's something that we've done before with, with these brands. But the Dean Ambrose versus The Miz is just kind of a dumb feud, in my opinion. Dumb or done? Like D-U-M-B oh. or D-O-N-E? Well, it was already done, but that's what makes yeah. it dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's not it's not compelling anymore. I I, I feel like all my descriptors of this pay per view are it, it, making fun of the the people sitting around the table who make the decisions as to what happens with who. Yeah. Because again, I'm just like, well, we know this works. Like, it is not even about it's not even a question about the match. Because uh, we've had this conversation with other people, you know, with other competitors before when they've been in the ring together over and over and over and feuded over and over and over. Moving moving it around and thinking that's a fresh set of eyes on it doesn't do it any good. Like Just like you said, the television audience has seen it. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and a big problem with this, and, and, and he's not the only performer. But there's a there there there's a guy in this match that WWE has no idea what to do with. Dean yeah. fucking Ambrose. They don't know how to book it yeah. because this PG thirteen or this PG environment isn't his best strength, and it's not yeah. what he does. He's a modern day Steve Austin. I know people want want to say he's more like a Mick Foley, but in my opinion, he's not. He to me, no, he's no, more no. of a modern day Steve Austin. But he's not allowed to be that sort of a character in this environment. And we all know that 205 Live is struggling on the WWE Network. We've seen the numbers and how, you know, 1997 Halloween Havoc had a better you know, rating uh, than, than 205 Live did for like a month-long period. And Sasha Banks is not the answer. The answer is probably going to be people like Hideo Tommy and Aleister Black and maybe even yep. say a Sami Zayn and Kalisto moving over to the brand and, and because there's definitely a huge difference. In, in some of those performers, and then maybe moving some of the other 205 Live performers down to NXT in their place and letting them actually go through the proper development that they did not get. There you go, yeah. Straight to 205 Live. Um, and that's actually something that I just thought about right now. That wasn't even planned. But Yeah, I know, but you're absolutely right. This but you is... want to use the network. Put a TV 14 show on the network. Get a yeah. guy like Dean Ambrose, and he can still be on Raw. And he can still push the envelope, but you got to give people a reason to tune in. You put the important things from 205 Live on Raw anyway. So here we go. It, it's, you're giving people a reason to not watch 205 Live. And, and Sasha Banks, like I said, isn't the answer right now. They didn't move her over there when she was hot. They moved her over there when she had nothing to do. That's why they did it. And, and, but if you put Ambrose on the network and you let him be Dean Ambrose, I think people will tune in for that. Yeah, no question. I think 
yeah, I, there's really not much more I can add to that argument. Like, it's, there's there's something that needs to be. There's a stagnation that's taking place that desperately needs to shake up, and some of it is moving the talent around in a way that makes sense and can tell some good stories and get people excited for it. Uh, and right now, they're just not doing that. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and, and it's just uh, it's just crazy. And, and that's the kind of show. If you put a TV-14 show, now you can have feuds like, you know, Nia Jax versus guys. Because let's be honest, yep. Patrick Rodown. And I mentioned this to somebody else before recently. How entertaining would Nia Jax versus Jack Gallagher be? Oh, it'd be terrific. It would be. It'd be amazing. Jack, Jack Gallagher is just terrific in general. He is. And he uh, makes it you know, really he, interesting. Like, think yes. about it. Like, and his count, like him, his work style and what he does as a counterpoint to Nia Jax, that'd be hilarious. I'd love it. It would be. But, you know, here we are giving him not much to do right now because you only have an hour for 205 Live. So it, it's, you know, give, give them a whole hour from Raw. Like, do like Nitro mm-hmm. used to do. Just go full bore with it. Give them the first hour. Cool. First hour is all cruisers. But we can't do that because then people won't watch the first hour. Or maybe they would. And and prove that that product is worth something. I don't know. I don't Actually, know in the history the history of Raw was, or the history of Nitro was is that the the off hour was quickly became the most watched hour. Everybody turned away. Yeah, well, I was let in, and because it was different and it was entertaining, yep. and that's what made it unique. Going back to the Miz versus Dean Ambrose, the the whole if Ambrose is disqualified, he will lose the title does make it seem obvious, and I think it is obvious in my opinion. I think that's the exact route they're going to go. Not that Ambrose needs to be protected. He doesn't. Here's what I see happening, though. Because cause if, if the Miz gets attacked, he wins by disqualification. So I mm-hmm. think Maurice is going to go into the ring and kick the Miz in the balls. Yeah, maybe. Now, I don't think the ref is then going to disqualify Dean Ambrose. I think that's what the Miz and Maurice want to have happen. But then I think Mar- Maurice is going to get booted from the match completely, and it's going to be down to a one-on-one. And then Ambrose is going to go off and be Dean Ambrose for a few minutes. I still think he accidentally or does something where he loses sight of what's going on and does get himself disqualified, thus giving the belt to the Miz for the seventh time in his career. Yeah, you don't, you don't, I always hate when the stipulation doesn't come in play uh, and doesn't factor right. into the result of the match. So this is a really specific stipulation. Uh, well, even if it doesn't factor into the result of the match, it would still come into play. You, you'd have this internal yeah. str- you know, struggle for Dean Ambrose well, trying not to get disqualified. Or there'd be a tease, like, the, you know, you talked about the Miz and Maurice, like, trying to sabotage a disqualification. Like, it, I, I could also see it go, um, you know, an inadvertent use of um, an inadvertent disqualification or something like that, that, you know, the ref doesn't see what actually happened and turns around and sees Ambrose. Maybe he, maybe the Miz, Eddie Guerrero's it, you know, who knows? Um, there's a lot of different ways that you could get disqualified. Uh, that make a lot of sense, and I, I'm with you. I think that one. I think the Miz is a better champion anyway. Like when the Miz has a belt, I love the Miz more, uh, and so give him belts, give him all the belts, let him wear them, let him brag about how much better than you he is and how he, you know, deserves it, uh, because that's when he's at his finest. And oh yeah, and, and I'm like, I, Dean Ambrose is another one of those guys where I'm kind of bored with him. Yeah, because of what they do with him or, or what they allow him to do, which isn't much. 
and and it's just they're misusing him, in my opinion. Now, who yeah. are we to tell them what to do? We we don't know what to I mean. They have on success on their side. What's that? Said they're, we're just dudes on a podcast. Yeah, they have success on their side that we don't have, and that's what makes us different than everyone else. You know, because everyone else does their podcast as if they know they could do it better. And it's like I put out when Gender One, like you think you can do it better. And I'll even go so far as to say it's okay to think you can do it better, but you gotta understand that you can't. Like, like I legitimately, when I posted, it, had people say, "Yes, I could," and I'm just shaking my head because you're. A, Fucking moron! If you think you can do it well, better. Well, did you than see that. the? Did you see this got posted? I don't. I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody posted a Twitter exchange between Road Dog and a fan, where the where the fan was was talking like booking decisions and stuff like that, and how terrible oh, yeah. they were. And, and the thing that I thought was really the Road Dog was was telling the telling this guy, you don't know what you're talking about in like the most gracious way ever. Um, yeah, it was very it was very nice of of Road Dog to do it the way that he did. Because this fan, if this, if I if I had been Road Dog and this fan started to do what he was doing, where he was talking about how it was gonna like wrestling now was gonna make his kids not like wrestling, and it was just weird. I couldn't I couldn't have kept my cool even in the Twitterverse to to respond. Like I would have lost it. So. And rightfully so, because Ness is – I mean, th- to say that, what that person said, is just absolutely asinine. Like, you just don't get it. And that kind of goes, you know, lends itself to, to, you know, what other people talk about in, in the fact that, you know, the internet and everything else has ruined wrestling somewhat. Now, every other aspect of entertainment in the world has had to adjust for the internet, so wrestling has to do the same damn thing. And right. people who don't like it. Sorry, like it just doesn't, uh, you know, just 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 doesn't just doesn't work, and and that's something that, uh, you know, people got to understand. Like wrestling had to change with the internet, and you can't go backwards. You can't bring it back to the territory days when everybody was making money hand over fist. Like that's just not going to happen, and all the complaining in the world is not going to get it there. So it, it's you know the business had to evolve. Um, sorry. To those who who wanted to go back to the old way, it just won't. That's like talking about you know you want you know hits to the head in the NFL to be legal again. It's just not going to happen. We know better now. Just like chair shots to the head shouldn't happen again. No, absolutely not. But yeah, I digress. I'm sure somebody, yeah, let it go. Did you pick a winner? We're not picking winners right now. Oh no, now we're not picking winners. That's right. No, we'll go back at the end and pick winners. Although I did say I believe that Ambrose is going to lose when he gets himself disqualified. So sure. I did so, say that. Spoiler alert. We're right. not spoiler free on this podcast anyway. Yeah, I know, right? We're, we're, I just spoiled myself from a few minutes from yeah. now. So this whole Neville versus Austin Aries thing, they, they have stretched this feud out for a really yes. long time. They kind of started this build in like February and, yep. and built towards WrestleMania uh, where everyone thought Aries was going over, and he didn't, and it was probably the right decision. Uh, and then you had, you know, backlash, or not backlash, payback. Aries didn't go over there either. And now here we sit in a submission match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship at Extreme Rules. And I don't think Aries is going over here either. Yeah. Actually, no, 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 I take that back. I take that back. I do think Aries is going over. Because here's, here's the thing. We got TJ Perkins, who's now back to being TJP, running around because I don't think he can grow a beard 
And, and so since we can't put a heel beard on him, then we just have to change his name. Change that name. TJP. Change it to TJP. Sure. The, the TJP factor in all of this is high. Now, I don't think TJP factors into the finish of this match. No. I think that Aries wins because we all know that Neville owes TJP a title shot. And yep. it's this weird dynamic because they're kind of buddy-buddy and everything else. So I think TJP is going to get his shot at Aries, not at Neville. And I think that Neville go. is going to help TJP win and defeat Austin Aries, at which point Neville is then going to get his shot at TJP, thus winning the title back. And I think by SummerSlam, we will have Aries versus Neville versus TJP. And then we can move on and do something else with the top of the cruiserweight division. Maybe that's when we finally give Cedric Alexander his opportunity, or maybe that's when we're pulling up a guy like Hideo Itami. Yeah, it's all, all a very, that's a very plausible scenario. I, um, I kind of, you know, I, it, when I saw, I knew it was on the card again. And yet at the same mm-hmm. time when I saw it on the card, it was like, oh, okay. Again. At least you know it's going to deliver in the ring. Yeah. You know, there's going to, you know, the work is going to be strong and even the work they've done to build, to build their feud has been strong. Uh, but I'm worn out from the feud. And so I think the injection of TJP was a good little sort of jump start to the battery. I think that Aries needs to win. Um, and I don't yeah. say that, you know, and, and I know you don't love that, that statement, but at some point you got, you got to get it right. Like you got to win the thing. I mean, I know it doesn't always happen that way. My fear, my fear with Austin Aries is simple. Um, yep. If he loses and 205 live only has an hour, like, does he disappear? And, and not not in the disappear for a purpose, but disappear because we don't have anything for you sort of yep. way. And then you've got to go to house shows to see him wrestle. Because Aries is so damn good and so damn talented. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to stop seeing him. And and if it takes him being the champion. Plus, he can still heal it up and be the face at the same time. And so him healing yep. it up with the belt and still being the face, to me, is highly entertaining. So, But I do think we're going to have this belt back on Neville by SummerSlam because he's the best damn thing that ever happened in that division. And yeah, he, and, and he that's took just, it by storm. He did. And he really injected it as much as I hated to see which rich Swan lose all the steam that he had because he was doing a great job. Um, yeah. You know, it's what had to happen. It was business, not personal when Neville took that division over and just, just he really was, injected the life that it needed at the time. He and now he, he's like LeBron James on the Cavaliers. Like he just needs more players to play with. Yep. Neville Neville is the LeBron James of the, of the cruiserweight division. Interesting no analogy. And TJP. So, and there's other people. I mean, Tazawa can challenge Neville, but Tazawa doesn't have the same punch as Deo Atami or Austin Aries or TJP. Like, there's just there's a yeah. big divide when it comes to 205 Live between the top and the middle and the bottom, and it's a huge gap, bigger than any other brand in the WWE right now. No offense to so, Mustafa it, Ali. Who made yeah. the post that he made, you know, defending 205 Live? Like, I'm sorry, I'm a big Mustafa Ali fan. I loved him when he was in freelance wrestling, and I was watching their stuff for free on YouTube, and and it was great. But you need to go to NXT, buddy. Like, no offense, but that that's just there's there's that brand is there for a reason, and we really had to rush some people to the main roster to pull this off. And I think that you know, there's going to be some sort of reverse engineering that takes place, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a significant void in the NXT roster right now. Anyway, too, like there's room for talent to go in. There is, 
And who's to tell me that that you wouldn't be kicking all kinds of ass in the cruiserweight division with Hideo Itami and Roderick Strong and Alistair Black, who Alistair Black, by the way, build that 205 pounds. Pete Dunn, yep. we talked about, build that 205 Not pounds. Not an like, accident. You, you put Dunn and Bate in the cruiserweight division along with Roderick Strong, and plus you've already got Aries and Neville and Perkins there, uh, and Rich Swan. I mean, that's a hell of a division. Yeah, very much so. And Alexander, I mean, the, the great thing about this whole deal with Noam Dar and Alicia Fox now focusing on Rich Swan and, and Sasha Banks is they're not focusing on Cedric Alexander, who's damn talented and, and deserves, you know, a better opportunity. I would love to see Cedric Alexander go on a run through NXT. That would be way yeah. more entertaining than he was doing in 205 Live. Way more. Could you imagine building a feud between Alexander and Bobby Roode? Money. Oh, it'd be great. <sighs> Goodness. Okay. But anyway, you can't we digress. Do better, right? I, you know, I'm starting to believe that, and I know better. I know better, and I still am talking myself into it. For shame, crazy. Do we care that the Hardy Boys versus Sheamus and Cesaro was in a steel cage? No. I mean, it here's why I think it's, it's in a steel it's, cage. Here's yep. why I think it's in a cage. Because you just did a ladder match at WrestleMania, and you're about yep. to do two of them at Money in the Bank. Yep. Can't and you can't keep doing it. And here's extreme rules can be, you know, the weird stipulation show. So here's what I say. Put Bliss and Bailey in the cage and put these guys in a two out of three falls match. That's not extreme, Greg. None of this is extreme. I was being sarcastic, bro. I know. Come on. But that's the, the, that's, so that's the crazy Don't thing. So here's Don't the other thing about hurt. it, though. If you watch Raw on Monday – Something's wrong with Matt Hardy, and I don't mean storyline-wise that he's broken. He's physically broken. He was yeah. not moving around well <laughs> during Raw on Monday. Well, here, here's the thing, dude. Matt Hardy doesn't really move around. Hasn't really moved around all that no. well for and a while. He's working a full-time schedule pretty much. When, when and he, I don't um, think it's good. I don't know when it happened, but something impacted. Like, like you can see it when he runs to the ring. Like when he moves. Yeah. Like it's very stiff. Oh, I think there's a back issue there. It all yeah. seems, I mean, to me, the way he's acting is a back issue. And maybe it came from the year he had to carry Impact Wrestling on his back. Oh, uh, yeah. I went there. I went there. And develop his, his own gimmick and get it. Well, he did. Let's be 100% honest. He did. And the other entertaining part of the show is now on, is now down on NXT. And that's Drew McIntyre. And I didn't really like Drew Galloway in, 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 in TNA that much. But he's doing a damn good job in NXT. Damn good job doing nothing. But you know the potential's there. That's look look on the bright side. Uh, we, we, if you're going to talk about impact, you know, look on the bright side. Joseph Park made an appearance uh, not too long ago. They, they Which still just got means Park Abyss isn't there. <laughs> that's all it means. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's that's ta- that's untapped talent uh, for the last God knows how many years. <laughs> anyway, if you think this is there's not any a- talent in Joseph Park and or his. Alter ego a bit. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Oh, I believe it. Oh, I know you do. I know you I, do. You understand completely. Yeah. Uh, and hey, and and you know, Decay got me this close to caring about Abyss, and now I'm excited to care about Crazy Steve when he goes to NXT and see what gimmick they give him because he Pretty he was good. a bright spot. Like didn't see that guy coming, and he's really, really, really good. Um, yes, but here here's what I think is going to have to happen with the Hardys. I think Matt's physically broken in a legit way. I think Matt's going to have to go away. I don't think they lose here. I think they lose it to the Revival as yep. soon as Dash Wilder can wrestle again because his okay. jaw is wired shut. 
got broken. Yep. Um, I think that, you know, that with, you know, everyone thinks that, that, you know, karma broke Dash's jaw that, that Kofi Kingston's wearing. It's like a shoot. No, it's not. Remember, it's, it's the storyline reason for, for the New Day going away was because of attacks by the Revival. Like, it's not yep. – everyone tries to make everything a shoot when it's not a shoot, and it's not a shoot. But to me, I think, you know, Matt Hardy's going to have to go away, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you know they want to put Jeff Hardy in singles matches again. Oh, like, they love them some Jeff Hardy. And I'll go be honest with you, something, Jeff. you. You throw The Miz and Jeff Hardy in a feud, I think it works. It won't work. And, and the yeah. crazy thing is, as broken as Matt Hardy looks, Jeff looks great. Yeah, like, that's, the, mean, like, that's the crazy thing about all this. Jeff looks yeah, like he's, he's young again. He does look about as good as he's, as he's looked um, at any point. You know, we we talk a lot about people who get, like, second chances at their career. And not that Jeff has had a second chance. He's had multiple chances. He he just – there's a different feel to him these days. Yeah. And really all throughout, you know, this second half run on impact and then this return. You know, he, he either found motivation – uh, and maybe it was through the whole like broken hearties work or what, whatever it was that, that got him to where he is. Uh, yeah. We're better as fan. We're, we're better for it as fans. Cause it will pay us dividends. Cause he will take the ridiculous job. He will do something. I think the broken universe had something yep. to do with it because Jeff didn't have to take the lead. And yep. it's really the first time in his career, he didn't have to take the lead. And it was kind of the first time in his career that Matt Hardy was able to take the lead. And that's not a knock on Matt Hardy. That's just the way it's been. It just took him that long to find something that worked. And here's the thing. If Matt – if Jeff goes away – I'm sorry. If Matt goes away and heals up, which he needs to do, and Jeff goes singles for a while, which I think would be beneficial for everybody, then Matt can actually return and, and the WWE might be willing to do the broken thing. Like like if you let Matt heal up and broken Matt Hardy shows up as like number 20 in the Royal Rumble, now you got yeah. something. And and I think that would work. If he goes broken right now, I don't think it's going to work as well. But if you have him go away for a while, then when he comes back, I think I think it'll work. So and it'll give him a chance to heal up hopefully because something's very wrong. That said, I don't think Sheamus and Cesaro are winning this match because here's the thing: we're riding the Hardy train as long as we can and as long as Matt can physically do it. We're also riding the you know super team train of Sheamus and Cesaro as long as we can. And I think that train is about to follow the, the very tried and true wrestling principle of build it and milk it as long as you can, and then blow it up. And eventually they're going to blow this thing up. And my hope is that it benefits Cesaro because Cesaro to me, Sheamus has had his singles runs. I think Cesaro needs that legitimate singles run. I would love to see Cesaro be the guy that ultimately puts away Brock Lesnar. That may not happen, but but that's you know something that that you know I'll have to reconcile with myself, I guess. But you know it, it's just something that I think would work if I were the WWE. And again, so, sadly, I'm not. So so kids, I think we should re retitle the episode of of tonight's podcast whenever you're listening to it from Extreme Rules uh, Extreme Rules Preview to How Greg Would Book the WWE. It's becoming that. And and it's really not even you have how Greg rebooked, would book the You have rebooked every competitor on the card. Not man. every competitor. I didn't rebook Alexa Bliss. Alexa True. Bliss is fine. You I'm not gonna rebook them. anybody in the main event. Actually I might rebook one person in the main event. That, that's oh, come on. Yeah. yeah, I might. 
I might do that. Um, with good reason, though. But here's the thing. I have zero desire to rebook SmackDown. No, it's None fine. whatsoever. SmackDown's a better show. We've, we've talked about this. It is. It doesn't need the help. Raw needs the help. And, Which I wonder, that's... how is that? Like, honestly, like, how is that? I mean, like, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming there are different writing teams. They are. But, like... And here, here's my theory yeah, on this. Yeah, it's weird. Go for I'll it. I'll give you my theory on this one, Patrick O'Dowd. I think on Tuesdays, Vince is just a little tired. Maybe. And and I think on Tuesdays, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That, 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 that's fine. Do that. Go ahead. Bring out Nakamura. Play the violin. I'm cool with that. Whereas yeah. if it were on Raw, he would have been like, okay, um, you're going to now stand on the stage. Basically, think Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. That's you now, Shinsuke. And, mm-hmm. and and but on SmackDown, I just think old man Vince is tired. He's like seventy one years old now, or whatever. And yeah, and I, so it's just yeah, cool. It. Like it just you know, it's just just cool for Vince to kind of maybe Vince watches SmackDown like a fan. Maybe it's it's his way to be I, I, a fan again. It's fascinating, but it's it's so strange to me the way that they're just it's not even that they're different in tone or style or anything like that. They're just One's good and one really is not. It's just boring. Yeah. It's not. Like this fatal five way match that we're we're about to segue into. Like I I like the competitors in the match. I don't really care about the match. That's a problem. I do. And and we'll we'll I go don't. ahead and transition into it. We'll we'll transition in the fatal five way. Yeah. Here's and 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 I thought about this earlier today, and here's sort of the odd thing that this fatal five way does for me. This mm-hmm. is the to me the best use, even Stevens booking that I've seen them do in a long time. Like they are yeah. even Stevens booking the me because there's no obvious winner to this fatal five way match, in my no. opinion. And here's why. Because there's a probably a ninety nine point nine percent chance that whoever wins this match is going to be dog food for the dog named Brock Lesnar. Yeah, like, like they are going to be fed to the beast and and probably destroyed. It might be slightly competitive, whoever it is, uh, but but they are going to go out there and and lose to Brock Lesnar, in my opinion. Now, should I go ahead and, and rebook somebody for you? Rebook somebody because you're going. It's to. not really a rebooking, but here's and and they can do this next scenario at any point. And in all honesty, it's too soon to do it right now, unless Raw. If you just feel like you need this major shakeup on Raw and you want to cash in your chips on something that you've had for a while and you can do, you can do here, then you have Finn Balor win this match. And you have Finn Balor go to the dumbest pay-per-view name in the history of pay-per-view names, Great Balls of Fire. And that's saying a lot because they've done some real – I mean, In Your House is not really the smartest thing ever, but here it was. You have him go to Great Balls of Fire – and that's when you introduce their version of the Bullet Club. That's when you have Gallows and Anderson, who aren't doing shit, show up mm-hmm. and attack Lesnar in some capacity that makes it work, whether it's a ref bump, whether it's matching no DQ, whatever it may be, and just go completely full bore on the Balor Club. Finn Balor's your champion. They turn heel. They're the cool heel, which is what they would be because the fans would absolutely love it. Now you're selling T-shirts hand over fist. Now you're getting the hardcore fans that you may have lost on Raw to tune into Raw like it's SmackDown because you're doing with Finn Balor what they want you to do. You're basically doing 
what is on the playlist. And and that's the uh that's the thing. You know, that's kind of where we are. Bow to the playlist. So and, and that's what I would rebook. If I was rebooking, but I don't really, I think it's, I don't think you do that until at minimum, at minimum after WrestleMania 34, in my opinion. But we got some time. We do. And they have all the time in the world. And and I think, but if you wanted to jumpstart anything and you felt like you needed to jumpstart something to me, that's what you jumpstart. But we have a fatal five way match and they've booked this thing in a way that anybody can win. So what do you think, Patrick O'Dowd? What do you think of the match? And maybe how do you think this shindig's going to go down? Because that's the interesting conversation to have about this match. Is what the hell are they going to do? I don't know. You know, you know I, I really don't know. And I think you're right. I do agree that the Even Stevens booking has been about as good as you could imagine it to be. Um, or want it to be, and that's that's a testament to what um, they can do when they're motivated. I think. Um, oh gosh, I don't even know. Like, I, I've loved that that we've gotten to see some of the guys that we were, were really far, we're, we're really behind getting a chance to sort of shine in the main event uh, a little more prominently. I uh, I don't know that there's. You know, as I sit there and look at who, like, I, what I try to do when I look at a match with this number of people is I try to look at who I don't see winning it um, for whatever reason uh, and what the storylines are. I I felt like for, for quite a while they pretty solidly were setting up Finn Balor to to be the big like triumphant return, um, but I I kind of love your idea better, so I'm gonna shy away from that. Uh, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt have kind of been treading water. Uh, and everybody hates Roman Reigns. So, you know, I don't, I see, you see these five guys who all think they deserve their, their, their opportunity. They're all going to go after pretty hard. Um, and for me, I think it, it comes down to, um, to me, as I look at the match, I think it comes down to Rollins or Bray. Um, honestly, uh, when you, when you, the, the tail end of this and, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you want me to make a pick right now, but I just I think that you don't have to. I think that they make sense uh, in the ways that the other ones. I think that I think that I, I think they want to wait on Finn Balor too. I don't think that they're in a, in a place with Samoa Joe yet where they want to where they want to put him there. And I don't think I think that they're not there yet with Reigns to to go and do one more rodeo. Up at the top, wherever. Ah, they're going to wait on that thing. Yeah, that, that's they're, WrestleMania. They're going to be bad about it. Either uh, WrestleMania or SummerSlam for that one. So I think if, if for me, if you're talking about two people that might be able to feed the beast, um, and be okay with it, Seth Rollins or Bray Wyatt, um, either one of them would be okay for me. He, you know, I, I think there's one more person who you can sort of feed to the beast, and honestly, to me, that's Samoa Joe. Yeah, you and, can. And the reason why is because Joe. It hasn't done anything, like in all honesty. Yeah. Like other than other people's dirty work, Samoa Joe hasn't done much. I think Joe can absorb the loss, no problem, in mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think that Joe absorbing that loss, because actually I take it back, Joe can benefit from a good showing with Lesnar in a losing effort. 
And and that to me is 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 why I think Joe might be the one who pulls out this win. That's that's assuming that they're going to give you a good match. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That's and that's what worries me about that is that if because if they if they give you a good match, and, and you gotta you gotta realize like Lesnar's not really had a ton of kind of quote unquote good showing sort of matches. And so, and that's not on Lesnar. That's just his character. Like that's the nature of what he does. So when I'm saying that, I'm not saying that people are awful when they work with him. But if they if if they would feed him in the other way, that and that's what worries me is that they would feed him the other way and he would get crushed. Right. Which you know I, I would be afraid of too, and that's why I think I, I don't know. I feel like someone's going to be at least slightly competitive with Lesnar yeah. before losing, because you know damn well he sure. lose. Um, unless they are just, you know, deciding we need our champion to be on Raw more often, and and that's mm-hmm. the direction they're going to go. To me, I, I think that that Joe is is the the obvious answer. Um, but there's one other one. I have a bonus rebooking for you, Patrick O'Dowd. Oh no! There's a guy lurking in the shadows, so to speak, who it was written off for injury. That there's so much speculation that he's not going to be gone nearly as long as they say, and they're pulling a Cena with this one, so that when he comes back, it's like this inhuman effort for him to come back so early. And that's the guy who just simply isn't done with Roman Reigns yet, Patrick Dow, and that's Braun Strowman. And yeah. if you remember, Braun Strowman was the rumored opponent for Brock Lesnar, yep. um, and, and was even revealed to be the opponent for Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire um, yep. until the injury took him away. So what if Braun Strowman does one of two things? Thing number one is comes out and just destroys Roman Reigns and takes him out of this match because he can't, you know, this way Reigns is protected and we continue the Strowman versus Reigns thing so he can truly finish it. But what if you want to go balls out with Braun Strowman and you just have him destroy everybody to the point where no one can win this match, where there is no winner and that the person standing tall at the end of the pay-per-view is Braun Strowman. And now we have our Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar match, which was always the plan for Great Balls of Fire anyway. And and they can do that. And really no one else, because if everyone gets their ass handed to him by Braun Strowman, do they really look weak? I don't think they do. Uh, I think no, you can pick I your mean, spot, do it in a way, yeah, give him a chair. He quote-unquote flipped an ambulance. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, he quote-unquote flipped an ambulance, so you can't, you can't say that like somebody like a uh, like like a Finn Balor should beat him. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it definitely and, and, it makes and feel like that would be unfair. Um, I love that idea. Like, I think if that if that were possible, I think that would be terrific. I, um, you know, you talked about them setting up. I mean, they've been setting up Lesnar Strowman since right after WrestleMania. Like, you know, they, we had a stare down. So, oh yeah, or was that Goldberg? I can't even remember anymore. Um, so there was a Strowman Lesnar and Strowman yeah. backed away. Just like he backed yeah, away from right. the Undertaker because yep. he's Braun Strowman, he's this badass who backs away from people. But it's 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 he picks his spots. Don't be that guy. Come on. Don't be that guy. Oh, I agree. Uh, again, flipped an ambulance. So ambulance. Yes. Wow. Very gentle. Yeah, I went I went like all You went ambulance. Mid- I went I went to my Midwestern roots right there. Yeah. Um that ambulance. No. Yeah, I think uh yeah, I, I just I think that yeah, if he's ready and you do that, that that works really really well, um, and would probably be pretty 
it would probably be a lot of fun for the fans. The fans clearly love him. The only thing that I would want is I would want somebody who could say Braun Strowman's name much the way that Paul Heyman says Brock Lesnar's name. Unfortunately, we don't have enough, and I hate Paul Heyman, so I don't want another Paul Heyman. No cloning. (laughs) But we got to find somebody. Wouldn't that be the great story to tell, that Heyman ditches Lesnar for Strowman? It would be a great story to tell. I mean, Heyman has always been known as a weasel, um, and, and not the weasel, but a weasel. Of course not. Um, Only one the weasel. Comes, yes, uh, as you know, as as a way to to kind of do do what he does. I mean, he turned on Punk that way, uh, and so maybe maybe that's that would be fun. And to hear him yell Braun Strowman um, would be I would be entertained for like a second, and then I'd return to hating Paul Heyman. He could say Braun Strowman that way just while he's putting over the match with. He could. I don't know if he will, but he could. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. So just just all very interesting. Very, very interesting indeed um, where they could go. So if Strowman were not an option, who, and you had to narrow it down to more than just two, what would be your one pick be? Mine is Joe. What would yours be? I'm going to go full dark horse on this one, and I'm going to go Seth Rollins. In okay. an effort to kind of jump jump Seth Rollins back in that um, echelon of people giving a, you know half a care about him, I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. I think that that is a very plausible option and something that could definitely work. Because um, then Rollins, because Rollins is a credible challenger for Brock Lesnar, yep. has given Lesnar issues in the past, even if it was in a three way. Um, now, of course, it was a. Uh, you know, uh, a, a different Brock Lesnar. He wasn't yep. this beast that destroyed. Although it was post Undertaker and post, you know, shellacking of John Cena, it still just uh, but still wasn't quite that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. No. But still, I agree, hundred percent. Um, and that's why it's it's interesting to see who wins this. And 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 I don't know. It's it's good that we don't know. It's good that yeah. we have such a hard time figuring out who this is. It's proof that that on the occasional time. This even Steven situation can work, and this was the time to use it. Um, so it's interesting. Now they they did just kind of pull my thing that my my Braun Strowman idea with the women on SmackDown recently, and True. and had no winner of their five way, and that's what led to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. But you know, far be it from them to steal from one brand and give to the other in terms uh-huh. of creative ideas. Because uh, if it works, if it works like you said, if it worked well enough for one, it'll work well enough for the other. So. Let's back up real quick and just make some things official here. Rich Swan, sure. Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Who's the pick? Uh, uh, Swan and Banks. Swan and Banks for me as well. Neville versus Aries. Who's the pick? Uh, Neville. Aries for me. Uh, Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Who's your pick? Uh, Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys too. The only thing I didn't mention was I do believe we will see the Swanton off the cage because that's what they do. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. Bliss. Yeah, it's the only option in this match, in my opinion. If you put Bailey over, then and then yeah, you're just proving me wrong, I guess. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose. The Miz. Via disqualification. Yeah, I think he okay. wins with the stipulation. And then we just kind of said it, but the Fatal Five Way. Uh, I've got Joe. You have. I'm running with Rollins. Running with Seth Rollins. So there you go. We now have our official preview with all the matches and everything that you want to know about WWE Extreme Rules. Fuck you, no, no, no.
Agencies around the world are receiving breaking news that CM Punk has sneezed while at a hockey game, which clearly indicates he has signed a new contract with WWE. He then confirmed his return by tweeting something completely unrelated to wrestling. Backstage sources believe he'll come back at SummerSlam, but plans may change. Patrick, this is Leanne Marie, and I just wanted to say that I love Patrick Adele. Oh, I'm out of snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Plus, Patrick O'Dowd's bullshit in the report of the week. We are back with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. And if you heard that song, you know what time it is. It is time for some bullshit. And oh boy, does Patrick O'Dowd have a doozy. For you, doozy it up, Patrick O'Dowd. Just like yeah, I got I to tell you, the, the 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 bullshit has been great. Uh, and, it's flowing, and uh, way more than you would expect out of a post WrestleMania time period. Like people got to be really bored. You we know, need like, those clicks, bored, There we are there's those some bored board writers out there. And and our current board writer uh, uh, is a is a fine well. A, a person named Billy Body over at over at Sports Keto, which is fast uh, fast rising. Love um, the Keto. I pretty and, much decided and, I'm never going to write there again. So there yeah, you go. Fuck them. I mean, sorry, we, Sports we, Keto. Yeah, oh, is, is this where they just learned they were future endeavored? I mean, well, this particular bullshit is just. Glorious. So let's so, just dive in. So yeah, so the title of this the title of this article. Or rumor <laughs> oh, again, from the WWE rumor mill. From the rumor Colin, mill. Uh, further proof that Hulk Hogan's WWE return is imminent. And I'll follow it up with the the, the subheading because oh yeah, we love the subheadline. Because Hulk Hogan hasn't been seen in the WWE for two years, but we have evidence to suggest evidence. that his return shouldn't be too far away. Evidence. That's right. That's really become the soundbite for the bullshit segment right now because right. this stuff is so good. Absolutely. So and good. So don't go through the whole thing, but but what's the – go to the heart of the matter, sure. as Billy Body puts it on the Sports Keto, following the, the formulaic Sports Keto method for reporting news. Okay. So the heart of the matter is this weird – Belief that because uh, so there was this kids magazine, the WWE kids magazine that was <laughs> was being sampled around during oh, the gosh. WWE's recent Euro- European tour, and they've even got it's a so beautiful good. folded up crappy looking insert poster that apparently came in the in this magazine that has pictures of various WWE performers. Um, the the author calls them legends, uh, and one of them includes it's a double sided folder. You got John Cena front and center because that's where he always is, uh, and he's flanked on the left and right side by various wrestlers, both current and uh, retired, and in one case dead, um, on this poster, and it includes Hulk Hogan directly to John Cena's left. And this this article and our good friend who's writing it 
has a has has also pointed out the other side of the poster ha is is one of Hulk Hogan by himself doing the doing the shirt pull apart it says believe in yourself brother Hulk Hogan and so that my friends is the evidence that Hulk Hogan's return is imminent according imminent. to our according to our good friend Billy at Sportskeeda so I just want to point out. First of all, when, when when I send you emails, when I find shit like this, I you know I love changing the subject. And this one, the only subject I could go with was LOL, because this is so fucking stupid. This was a kids' magazine poster distributed on the European tour. This, this, yep. That's it. First of all, number two. Um, so if Hulk Hogan's coming back, and if we're using this poster. As our reasoning for Hulk Hogan coming back, then damn it, we should go so far as say Hulk Hogan is coming back so he can go one-on-one with the Ultimate Warrior. Because he's on the poster, too. And, and, and if Hogan can come back because he's on the poster, then so can the dead guy, the Ultimate right. Warrior. Why not say The Rock is coming back? He's on the poster. What about Stone Cold Steve Austin and his in-ring return? He's on the poster. Now, I know they're not saying Hogan's going to wrestle again. But 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 to say that because he's on the poster, he's going to come back. And and look, we know the Gawker lawsuit is over. Here's the other thing we know, Patrick O'Dowd. Before this poster came out, we'll, let, let's play a game. The game that we love to play on the Greg DeMarco show. Or the DeMarco, what the fuck I'm calling it now? The DeMarco Wrestling Podcast, because I'm losing my shit over this. Yes. Something that we love to do. Before this poster came out, what percentage odds would you give to Hulk Hogan returning to the WWE at some point? At some point? At some point, yes. In the at near in the near future. We'd say in the next two years, what percentage the, would you give Hulk Hogan returning two, to the WWE? In the next two years, I'd give it about a 20%. Really? Yes. Because if in you the next say two years, on, you know what I would give in the next two years? Zero. I'm sure you give it zero. 100%. Oh, yeah? Oh, they're going to bring Hogan back. Everyone knows I, I they're going to bring that, Hogan back. I agree that they're going to bring Hogan back. Uh, I, it's, the, the pariah period is always, is, is always interesting and in flux. That, that's really my point here. Uh, two, so years say, now, two years from now, we're going to be recording a podcast, talking about probably after like three more hiatuses or hiatus, whatever the plural is, whatever you're talking up. about – the addition of WWE Extreme Rules that comes after WrestleMania 35. Think about I, that. I get WrestleMania you. 35. He'll be number, back man. by then. He He'll might. He'll probably be back at 34. He might. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying he won't come back. I. I don't know that I. You know, we we always talk about this when when he come, I'm generally the one that's a little slower on the moving forward part. Little that's true. more measured. Little more measured in, in sort of the approach, and I just don't know that, you know, the, regardless of the Gawker website thing. Which, interestingly enough, while the Gawker website thing was part of it, there, there's also the other significant piece that people keep forgetting about about some of the language that he was using at various periods right. of time, and that is that is uh, is is a challenge for a company that's trying to be taken seriously. Granted, it didn't prevent them from you know keeping Snoke in their Hall of Fame, but because um, he killed a woman, but that's okay. Um, but they, but they do their their image is very important to them, like and been more so important to them as of late. And so I could see them making this take longer 
than than we would we would assume and jump on it a hundred percent. I could see it. And that's why and I'm skeptical. I, I guess I'm just I'm skeptical that it'll be as fast as you think it'll be. And I do okay. think that two years is fast. I do I do think two years you know, you can you were like WrestleMania thirty five. Yes. It's amazing that they've had thirty five WrestleManias. It doesn't mean that two years from now it's actually, you know, almost it's less than two years from now. It is less than two years. Like like for for semantics, I mean, we're now, you know, a third a third of the way. We are, you know, one and three quarter years away uh, from right. from the. It's next been two years since he departed from the WWE. Sure. So, so I mean, you're talking about a full four years. I don't know. I, I just I, I put money on him being back by then. I would. You would. That's why you're you and I'm me. I will bet you a, a, a Chick Fil A sandwich that. That Hulk Hogan will return by WrestleMania 35. Wow, Chick Fil A, friend of the program. I will. I. <laughs> that's right. You know, Chick Fil A is is is. I mean, they don't they, even know uh, they sponsor us. <laughs> they don't. They don't. No, no, no. They they don't sponsor us, Patrick O'Dowd. We did that one for free, Chick Fil A. There you go. We there did that go. one there for free. And that if I could find the your welcome soundbite, I would play it. But this is just you know, again, I have far too many sound bites. So I'll play this one. Shut first. up. Just because it's fun. Or maybe this one. Take the fish. So, because it makes you laugh. And that's actually it why why I play it. Because I, I love your laugh. I do. <laughs> it got weird. So I played a soundbite to bring it back. There you go. So, so I guess there, there's one thing we can agree on. Is, 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 is this poster any indication that Hulk Hogan is returning? No. No. Not at all. No. Not even close. It's stupid. It's just, it's just someone trying to create something. Nice try, though. And it just doesn't work. So this is 100%. You're welcome. I yeah, found it. the sport, sports kita. Come on, guys. Come on, you're better than this. No, and that's why I can't I just do kidding. it. That's why I can't. Yeah, they're not better than that. Yeah. They're not. We as a professional wrestling journalistic industry are not better than that. And that pisses me it's off. True. But but I get how it works. I mean this is just it's not just wrestling that's clickbaity. Everything's clickbait. No, yeah. Every, there's there's no real I mean, news in general is like this too. Like it's it's find the headline that'll get people to click. Um and it's largely being shown that more and more, regardless of your leanings, and I think this is really important. Like, it doesn't matter which way you lean in terms of, oh, say, political news or whatever. It's outrageous headlines followed by a largely untrue article. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and just taking a nugget of something that is true, in this case, a poster with Hulk Hogan's face on it, and turning into something that might be true, but is completely not based on this poster, that Hulk Hogan's return is imminent. Like, sure, he's going to come back. You can't talk about the WWE and its history without talking about Hulk Hogan. So they'll they'll remove the gag at some point until the next time Hulk Hogan does or says something stupid, and then he'll distance himself <laughs> again. That's or, true. Or, or Hogan dies, whichever happens first. That's true. That That's 100%. Sadly, but that is, yeah. that is 100% true. And uh, sports, Kita. That's the way it is. Believe that. 
Fantasy, the strip's most seductive topless show. And I will give you Directed and choreographed by Chris Judd. Produced by Emmy Award winner Anita Mann. Fantasy. Appearing nightly in the Atrium showroom. For tickets, call 702-262-4400. All right, folks, we are joined here today. Welcoming back to the show. It seems like it's been forever. Probably hasn't been that long, but... Greg DeMarco from the ProWrestling.biz Network, the home of uh, several awesome podcasts, such as the Attitude of Aggression, our boys at the DWI Wrestling Podcast, our boys at the Two-Man Band Wrestling Podcast, and a few other people as well. So, uh, Greg, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. I'm excited that we're able to do this again. It's uh, exciting. And, and, of course, people who, you know, we're, we're, we're simulcasting this puppy, so... They're also listening on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. So if you are listening on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast, make sure you listen to the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast as well. And listen to both. Even though it's together, it's still also two separate shows. And that, as, as I tout on my show all the time, and I know others do, like if you want your recaps and reviews, that's where you got to go because you're not getting them from me. I know some of the other shows have stopped doing as well because you guys – are the best when it comes to that. And so that's where people should listen when they want to get their recap and reviewing on. You hear that old Gator? We're the best at something. Dave, go screw yourself. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I, I need to, I need to bring, I need to ask like, like is, is I, I'm, I'm just glad Gator's alive. He is like, I was concerned about his well being. I haven't heard his voice in a long time. Like it's, it's sometimes I listen to the show and Gator's not there and it's just, you know, I, I get down, Gator, so I'm glad you're here. You should listen, like, to the last episode. It's a sliding scale of intoxication from the beginning Ooh. to where we end up. I mean, oh it, we'll listen yeah. to that tonight. That was our, uh, that's where we uh, play, like, the first three minutes of one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer after having three rounds ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, a fun time. Literally. It's a fun time. But, uh, yeah, old Gator, he's, uh, he's here. He's alive. He's well. He's uh, at least quasi-sober. We, hey, bo- we both I, are. And, and, uh, <laughs> That doesn't match the happiness that I had when Dave told me that you're back to uploading our shows on your website. So uh, <laughs> right back at you. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, we got good stuff going on. In fact, um, here, here in the next week, the, uh, the show, the, the whole entire website will be changed. We are completely revamping. We're literally in the middle of it now. Um, everything from the, the format, the look, the feel, even the name. So – uh, we've got some news coming out soon, so stay tuned because it's going to hold. It'll redirect when you go to prosing.biz. It'll redirect there soon. But yeah, it's um, it's it's we're in the midst of some some surprise changes. Sounds like a good time, man, and uh, it, it'll be good. And uh, I think you're going to be involved in our 200th episode, which is coming up really, yeah. really, really, really soon. This is our, I think this is our episode 196. This is going to appear on. Yep. But um, so yeah, let's get into this pay per view coming up tomorrow. Extreme Rules. 2017, uh, coming from where? Where is this one generating from? I forget. Baltimore. Baltimore. That's right. The Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so let's get into this thing. This is going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, they the first match that shows up. Man, this isn't of course going in anticipated match order, but uh, Noam Dar and Alicia Fox taking on Rich Swan and Sasha Banks. Or of course, Rich Swan, also known affectionately on the show as Rich Schlong. Uh, for good reason, but <laughs> Greg, why don't you uh, kick this one off? Let the people know uh, how do you think this match is going to go and why? 
Well, I mean, it, it's it's four talented performers and Alicia Fox. Dave. Sorry, Gator. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Um, so for me, I mean, uh, uh, there's four entertaining performers in this match, and Alicia Fox is vastly underrated and, and can deliver in the ring when she's put in a position to do so. Uh, Sasha Banks is, of course, in that interesting let's see if she can boost 205 Live because it's not doing so well kind of position and it's an, an odd choice to make but she wasn't doing anything else anyway so it works for me uh, i think the match is going to deliver i think it's gonna be a lot of fun um it's probably gonna end up on the kickoff we'll see what happens there uh, i i don't know where they're going long term but it really only makes sense for sasha banks and um and rich swan to win this match because it, it's they, they don't gain anything in losing when the dynamic you have between noam dar and alicia fox works when they lose and works when they win, so so they don't really need to win this one. So that's why I'm going with Banks and Swan, uh, which kind of sounds like a law firm. <laughs> it does. I should join up there next. Uh, Maybe. Gator, how are you seeing this one going down? Banks and Swan. Lots of detailed analysis there, old hey, Gator. Go fuck yourself, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks for many of the same reasons you said, Greg. It, it's, it's a good way to help establish... Sasha Banks on 205 Live because, like you say, they they need they need ratings. I, I don't know if injecting another female, and this is not derogatory on women at all. It's just that the biggest problem on 205 Live has been anything involving Alicia Fox has just been an absolute clusterfuck. And I would rather just see them get uh, underrated, though she may be. She's got no business, in, you know. Unless they're going to start a you know women's cruiserweight division, which I don't even know what the dividing line for that would be. I just think it, it really just convolutes thing. It's like it's like some crappy raw storyline injected in this thing. There's way too much talent. They're only running fifty to fifty five minutes at most every week. Uh, anything involving her is just taking time away from people like Grand Metalik, who we need to see more of. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, who we, you know I know he might be hurt, but it's just there's other people they could use there. So I I applaud them. And I think, you know, if you're going to keep Sasha there, then she's got to get a victory here with Rich to kind of firmly establish her. So I'm going with you guys, but I'd really rather see them just gut all that crap out of 205 Live. I think streamline the product, stop making these crappy storylines, and I think the product would take care of itself to a certain extent. Anyone? Thank you. What's next? Okay. Uh, next on the card, I'm going to kick this over to you first, old Gator, because I want to get your detailed analysis. Um, Neville takes on Austin Aries, a submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Unlike a lot of the shit on 205 Live, nothing has been wrong with the Neville versus Austin Aries rivalry. It keeps amping up. How do you see this one going down, my man? Austin Aries, because I flipped a coin, you son of a bitch. Is that how you did it? Yeah. That's, how, that's, how I did it. No, that's it, the detailed analysis we're getting. You know, I like it. Austin Aries just lost too much. He's lost too much, so I'm just going to basically keep picking Austin Aries until he finally pulls it off. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Uh, I, On my end, man, this one's really difficult because it's like, well, you know, Aries did get that submission on Raw. That's Neville's first setback. I'm saying I'm talking about pay-per-views, by the way. I know. I know. I know. I know. Like, I know what you're saying. Uh, I, I think, you know, Aries got Neville to tap out Neville's first setback of any kind since he joined the cruiserweight division. Uh, I'm not sure I would have booked it that way. But, you know, if you look at it that way and you kind of got to say, well, a lot of times when they do that on Raw, they're telegraphing something. Austin Aries has looked 
tremendously strong ever since from payback moving forward. Austin Aries has just absolutely dominated Neville every time they've gotten in the ring together. Uh, he's a legitimate threat to take this title. I, I just, I still think that, you know, I don't know who they're going to bring in to actually challenge Neville. If not Austin Aries, then who, but I just think that, you know, with, 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 I think TJ Perkins or TJP, I guess they've dropped the Perkins part from this whole thing. TJP, I, I imagine he gets involved in this match somehow and enables Neville to lock on that rings of Saturn. Actually, I take that back. I don't think Neville's going to win this with the rings of Saturn. He's going to do some knee bar like TJ Perkins will probably like show him something about the knee bar, some heel hook. But I think Neville wins this match by submission, retains the cruiserweight championship, and they just keep cycling. I, I think it's maybe Neville against Tozawa. Might be the next thing on the on the on the ledger, um, or Cedric Alexander now that he's back. But I think I, I think Aries is, is is a definite threat to take this thing. But I'm going to go with Neville to retain uh, with not not the rings of Saturn, but a submission move. Neville wins, moves on from Austin Aries, and goes to Tazawa. Yeah, that's... thus leaving Austin Aries not in the picture anymore. Uh, as far Austin as the Aries, main are concerned. Austin Aries. I mean, Neville will have to deal with TJP first off, who's going to say. I saved your ass. I saved your title. Where's my title shot? Neville will run through TJP. But I think Tazawa and Cedric Alexander are the next in line. I'd love to see Neville and Tony Nice get into it, especially Nice owes him something for that uh, stun a couple weeks ago that he pulled. But I think I, I, I just, I don't know if, um, I mean, it, that this is a really tough one. Every time they've matched up, it's been very difficult to predict. But I think, you know, with Aries getting Neville to tap out, on Raw Monday night, it's Neville's turn to do that. I think it's not clean. I think TJP gets involved. But I'm going to take Neville to retain the title. Greg, how do you uh, see this one going down, my man? It's it's really a long-term plan for me, and I don't think they, they fully – I don't think they, they plan to change the main event scene of 205 Live anytime soon, to be honest with you. Uh, I think come SummerSlam, this thing might get a major shakeup because it's not working. In, in a 12 months from now, it's going to look totally different. I honestly believe – if they still have it going on, you're going to see names like Alistair Black and Sami Zayn in it, to be 100% honest there with you. There you go. Hideo uh, Itami. It wouldn't surprise me if Hideo shows up as soon as this Sunday, but I don't think he will. I honestly think that Aries is going to win this match, uh, but he will not be the Cruiserweight champion going into SummerSlam. That's for sure. I think Aries wins this match. I think Perkins, or TJ, or excuse me, P, TJP then Just gets his title P. shot. Yeah, right. Just call him P. Um, gets his title shot. I think that's how... Neville's going to get around that that TJP title shot is, is by having him take it against Aries. I think Neville is going to help Perkins win that match, and then thus Neville's then going to be owed one by Perkins, and this belt's going to end up right back with Neville because Neville's the best damn thing going in 205 Live, and, and I just think that they're going to keep him around with that title until they start pulling some people up. We've already seen Neville versus Aleister Black. It was amazing. Uh, imagine what they can do in, in the right environment. Um, and, and who knows that environment right. might be full sale. That's that environment right. might be full sale before too long, or at least before SmackDown or not after, because that's part of the reason why this thing is suffering. Right. Um, they're going to do something to save this. It can't continue to be outside the top 30. No, they've got, uh, and they've got know. too much talent. They do. And they just got to figure out what to do with them. Well, and I know some of them are defending it and whatever, but for this match, I'm going to go with, uh, Austin Aries to win, but it's then going to go to Perkins, then back to Neville. I like your idea about bringing up certain talent. I mean, they're, they could do, they've got so much filler as it is. You know, you can bring up guys, like you said, Black could be one of these guys. Hideo Itami could be one of these guys. Uh, Sami Zayn is a good choice. They need to get Kalisto involved, of course. That's been, yeah. that's been rumored for a long time instead of having him job out to Titus O'Neil, shit like that. But uh, 
yeah, I, I, I like that, but um, yeah, I'm going to stick with Neville at least for now, and we'll see how this turns out. Um, next on the list, Dean Ambrose takes on the Miz Intercontinental Championship. The title can change hands by way of disqualification. I'm not sure why they didn't just make it a no DQ match, uh, but I get I get the uh, I get the gist of this whole thing. I, I'll I'll lead this one. I see this going like a lot of these matches go, where the Miz will do everything he possibly can to get Dean to disqualify himself in the early goings. Dean won't fall for it. It'll be a pretty decent match. Maurice will do everything she can to get involved, but. I don't see them putting the Intercontinental Championship back on the Miz. I think he definitely lost a lot of steam since um, since he came over from SmackDown. Why? John Cena. They they're not the whole John Cena and and, uh, and Nikki Bella thing made the Miz and Maurice uh, up to a certain point. I mean, the Miz had had a great run, and then they diffused that when Dolph Ziggler took the belt off of him for no goddamn reason at all. Uh, I just I don't. I mean, the Miz puts in good work. He's still great on the mic. But I don't see him as the same sort of uh, having the same juice behind him, using a word you like to use a lot, Gator, since he came over in the superstar shakeup. Um, Dean Ambrose, I think they want to keep him relevant. I, I think there's somebody else. I mean, you've got these five guys we're going to talk about at the end. Any of those guys could really cement themselves with an Intercontinental Championship victory. I don't think they're going to put it on the Miz for a seventh time. I'm, I think Dean Ambrose you know, avoids all the traps of the Miz that he's going to lay for him in the match hits the uh, Miz with dirty deeds and retains the IC title. Uh, Oh God, I'm going to go with the Miz here. If, if look, if the Miz is slipping it, the Miz has lost all of his intrigue. Then Dean Ambrose lost it about a century ago. This guy's act is stale. I'm done with it. It's over. Even his look has been hijacked by Luke Harper. He wears it better. The whole thing just sucks. Miz is going to take it. And, yeah, you talk about all these people at the top after the fallout of this five-way that are going to be hungry for some gold. Would you rather see them go after someone like Miz, who still can talk, who is still entertaining, or go after someone like Dean Ambrose? No, the Miz. The Miz. We thought the same thing about Dean Ambrose going into WrestleMania against Baron Corbin, and we saw how that turned well, out. Well, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna ride that pony, Dave. All right, you, you're going with the Miz. I'm going with Ambrose. Greg, you're the tiebreaker right. again, man. Well, first of all, the whole reason WrestleMania went the way that way that it did was because they knew they were going to swap the belts at uh, at the draft, and they weren't going to move Corbin. So that's that's the reason why that happened, and that's why Corbin got to win his non-title match on the SmackDown after after WrestleMania. For this match, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Maurice is going to walk into the ring. And she's going to kick Miz in the balls, and and but the referee's not going to disqualify Dean Ambrose because oh, yeah. that's the plan to me. There you um, go. Because because then if you would disqualify Dean Ambrose because Maurice kicks him in the balls, Miz wins the belt. But I do think because of that reason, Maurice will get ejected. Uh, however, I do think shit's going to get out of hand, and uh, Dean Ambrose is going to get himself disqualified thus losing the Intercontinental Championship to the Miz. And it protects them, uh, right? It protects them because does. this whole well, stipulation just is like made to hand it over to the Miz in some chicken shit fashion. Exactly. Now, I do think the Miz wins the rematch, probably thanks to Maurice, either on Raw or at Great Balls of Fire. Uh, and then I think going on from there, uh, we do have the Miz as champion. You know what they need to do with Dean Ambrose? They need to create – you want shows to do well on the network. Create a TV 14 or, or, or above, you know, an MA-type product – Put it on the network and, and feature Dean Ambrose on that. People would go nuts for that. You can put it in smaller venues. There's a lot that you could do and, and, and tape and, and have just highly entertaining stuff with, with someone like that on the network, and it would do way better than 205 Live. I got a question um, for you, Greg. Do, do you foresee them at some point 
letting non-UK wrestlers compete for the United Kingdom Championship? Because Dean Ambrose versus Pete Dunne would be a fun match to see. Uh, maybe. I mean, they don't know what the hell they're doing with that division and that brand either. It's just yeah. they, they tried taping these these episodes and they looked terrible and they barely scrounged one 90-minute special together. And one of the matches featured guys from 205 Live, which is inexplicable to right. me with all the talent they had there. It's just so stupid. Um, they need to go back to the Empress Ballroom if they're going to tape that thing and make a brand out of it. And just tape it once a month at the Empress Ballroom. It'll or, look amazing. Or amp the production values up. If you're going to go in Norwich or someplace like that, you know, yeah, get I mean, the production value. You can't, you can't sit there when and listen they, to the ring squeak. That's not cool. They've gone to the stupid generic yellow and white graphics. I mean, they just completely changed what was special about it and, and they need to realize that and go back to it and who knows if they will it looks to me like vince got his hands on it or just did too well and they don't want it to overshadow the other the other stuff but um but for in, in terms of this thing i do think that the dean ambrose is going to lose a title i hate that they're just recycling a smackdown feud because the guys are over on raw like that's yeah. a big wonder in my opinion but i think that's in order to get the belt over to miz long term i honestly think the storyline is going to be between the miz and finn balor They've kind of laid the foundation for that, and, and, and Balor could end up with the Intercontinental Championship by the end of the year. But for now, I think it's going to be on The Miz, and I think he's going to be highly entertaining with it moving forward. All right. Well, you guys you guys might be right. I, we'll, we'll see how that goes down. Uh, next on the hit list, uh, Greg, I'm going to send this over to you first. Alexa Bliss takes on Bailey in a kendo stick on a pole match for the Raw Women's Championship. It can't be worse than the This Is Your Life segment, right? Well, first of all, only uh, one This Is Your Life segment has ever been good, and that was when Mick Foley did it for The Rock. Right. They just bring this out when they have nothing else to do. And they, need to they need to stop. They need to. They should. After this Vince week, it's Vince like McMahon that needs to, to hire some. Vince needs to hire somebody. I will take the job yeah. to basically just stand there, and whenever he says, "Let's do This Is Your Life," you just smack him in the face. Like yeah. that's what they need because it never goes well however the fact that it even had any relevancy whatsoever is 100 percent completely because of alexa bliss she is gold no matter what you give her it's going to be amazing and and that's the same thing with this match if bailey wins this match it will be the single biggest mistake they've ever made in in the company well maybe second only to bringing bailey up to the main roster she has been nothing but terrible since coming up to the main roster i, I can't stand when she comes out she's been completely exposed like her her weak promo delivery and, and kind of this just what she has was perfect on the scale of NXT, and it's not working here. She needs to not only lose this match but get destroyed and go away until, like, Christmas. Like, they need to just reset with Bailey and, and try this thing again because it's not working. And Alexa Bliss is just gold. No matter what she does, turns to gold. And and if, the, if she loses, it'll be a cardinal mistake, which means I should pick against her, but I won't. I'm picking Alexa Bliss to win the match, which they, they've come so far with the women's division. They have just gone miles and miles and miles. They've made up ground over what they did for the past few years. So what they did instead was they booked a phallic symbol on a phallic symbol match for Extreme Rules, which is just completely stupid. But whatever. Alexa Bliss is going to save it. Gator, how do you see this one going down? I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss, too. Uh, I agree with DeMarco's endorsement of her as the champion and how well she's been doing. That should come as no surprise to any of the aggressionaholics. I I thought this woman was aces even in NXT. She got she has the attitude. She's got it going on. And I mean, oftentimes, Dave, when you're picking these, I've noticed your reasoning is, hmm, can I imagine the opponent or the can I imagine so and so with the title? And with the way things are going, I just can't imagine Bailey with the title. Now, here's the thing about it. 
I agree also with the sentiment that, that Bailey's kind of dropping the ball on the main roster. So this is where it's confusing. I'm picking Bliss, and, and here's what it is. Does Bliss destroy uh, Bailey in this match, and this whole feud builds up to a payoff where Bailey eventually gets the title? Or does Bailey destroy Bliss with the kendo stick, but Bliss still retains her championship, and, Bliss, and uh, Bailey just goes away for a while? I think that's the interesting story here. But yeah, I go with Bliss. I I think that it's a little bit of both, old Gator. I, I, I think Alexa Bliss retains a title as well. When we were in San Jose and we were at Payback and, you know, sitting in the hotel doing the preview show that night thinking, you know, they're not. I mean, usually they screw these people over at their in their hometowns. We couldn't. You and I both were like, I can't imagine them doing that to Bailey in yeah. San Jose, not coming off of winning it, that fatal four way at WrestleMania. They're not going to do that. Well, they did that. And now you've got Alexa Bliss, who, uh, you know, I, I think talent wise, she's still a work in progress, definitely improving. But there's nobody better on the mic, uh, dare say anybody other than maybe The Miz. I mean, he's, he's, he's up there. Maybe John Cena when he's on his game, that kind of thing. But beyond that, it's awfully hard to find somebody who can match Alexa Bliss promo wise. Uh, the travesty that was Monday Night Raw was not her fault. She tried to do everything she could to save just an absolute train wreck. But I do think that this match is going to be step one in the transformation of Bailey. As they're going to get her away, they're going to realize, okay, look, the fans aren't buying this super baby face. You know, you can't have this Hulk Hogan esque sort of character. In this day and age, uh, the fans aren't accepting it. They love Bailey, they do, but no one respects her anymore. And you look at her and say, "I, I, you know, this girl, she's not world championship material." You I don't respect me in the morning. Well, I'll respect you in the morning, Gator, but you know that's just between me and you. And Greg doesn't need to know about that yes, sort of sir. stuff. Yes, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think, I think Bailey does get extreme. I think she proves that she can beat the hell out of Alexa Bliss. Uh, there's, you know, it's a no DQ match. I imagine Nia Jax has been absent for a long time. She's supposedly Alexa Bliss's best friend. I expect her to get involved in this thing. Um, you know, and I think that Nia Jax is kind of the X factor that will turn the tide towards Alexa Bliss winning this thing. But I do think that you see a side of Bailey that we hadn't seen before. And this will be a natural progression towards what I'm hoping will be a Bailey heel turn sometime around like SummerSlam or somewhere in there. And um, that'd be the best thing for her character right now. But for this match, I agree with you guys. Alexa Bliss retains the title. I do think Nia Jax gets involved, though. You know what Nia Jax would get involved with? The cruiserweight division. That would be fun. Put her on 205 Live. Is she is she under 205? <laughs> I, I would imagine she's probably right there. I would take so. her over some of these. You know, the match I keep saying I want to see now is Nia Jax versus Tamina. You know, that, that would just be like, you know, just two bulls in a china shop going at each other. Somebody will probably get paralyzed in that match, I imagine, or hurt very badly. Just goes in and just kicks the shit out of Noam Dar. Yeah, like, just kicks bad Noam bad. Dar in the nuts. That's what I want to I I see Nia Jax versus Jack Gallagher. Can, oh, can we put that on TV? Yes, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Jack Gallagher, she just, uh, or, or even TJ Perkins, she just Samoan drops his ass or something. <laughs> but, all right, uh, Moving on from there, Gator, I'm going to let you lead on this one. It's the Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Hardy Boys take on Cesaro and Sheamus in a steel cage match. Seeing as how we got this wrong. Well, at Payback, we got the result wrong, but the heel turn right. 
Um, we thought that this would be the way that they would turn these guys, you know, Cesaro and Sheamus to do something. This would be the way they would lead to Matt Hardy being broken. Obviously, that's not happening anytime soon. Uh, Gator, how do you see this one going down? And I man? don't think it's going to happen this time around. Maybe they're building up to it. Cesaro and Sheamus have kind of switched up their look. There's clearly a metamorphosis going on. But to use the old Dave rule of thumb, can I picture these gentlemen with the championship belts just yet? No, I cannot. And I've got to go with the Hardy Boys. And here's the other reason I'm kind of going with the Hardy Boys. Uh, They've kind of hinted recently that the Hardy Boys and Ambrose might be joining together. I think that's a nice little nice little faction, or at least they're friends. If if the Hardys are broken, that's a great faction for yeah. Dean to be a part of. So I'm looking at the so I'm looking at that Trinity right there. One of them's got to keep the gold if they're gonna go that direction for that to be effective moving forward. And I think in this case it's gonna be the Hardy Boys. So I say Hardy Boys retain. Don't completely discount. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. I still think these gentlemen are immensely talented. Uh, I am going to go with you on this one, old Gator. I think the steel cage is an absolute complete non-factor in this match as it usually is. Uh, I, I really think that they want to save up for the Hardy boys against a revival at SummerSlam. They're the, weeks away from getting their weeks away from hitting the roster. Who the revival, revival from coming yeah, back. Revival, yeah, yeah, right. I, I think that, you know, that's what they want to do. Uh, that they want to have the Hardys against a revival, and that's where the Hardys finally take a fall. Uh, and the revival is somebody by then they may maybe Vince has got the rights to the broken thing if he even gives a shit anymore. Um, but I, you know, my thing is my concern is uh, watching the match on Raw this past week. Matt Hardy just does not okay, look okay. quite right. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Greg. I was gonna bring that up in our Raw review. Doesn't uh, it looks like his like it looks like he should be wearing a back brace or yeah, something? Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't look. He, and I don't think that's the broken gimmick. He looks a little bit. Jeff still looks fine. Matt is starting to look, moving, show it a little bit. He was slugging around a little bit. Yeah, and I mean when you're when you're talking about the kind of schedule that they're doing now as opposed to what yes. they was doing in Impact. Oh my God! I think it's kind of catching up with him, but I still don't. I don't think that's a factor. It's just something that I wanted to spitball amongst he us. Injured. Uh, but I do think. The Hardys retain the titles here. I don't think there's any out outside interference. It's one of these situations. Normally, I'm like, well, the Hardys haven't lost at all. Not one setback. And they could have they could have had Sheamus win one of these matches and no one would have cared. They haven't done that. But I really think the Hardys versus a revival is where the uh, the action is at. Uh, I think the Hardys retain the tag titles against uh, Cesaro. And uh, Sheamus. You in this beautiful, match. drunken, hairy Jewish drunk. beast. I've had one beer. <laughs> Greg, how do you so, see this one going, man? So I, I do agree. I thought I thought the same thing with Matt Hardy that he's not looking too good. And I think he'll eventually go away, and he may then return as broken, say in like January, Royal Rumble, something like that. Because you know they want to give Jeff another singles run. That's just what they always want to do. And, with and Jeff, Jeff looks That's good. Fine. Jeff looks fine. He does. He definitely does. In fact, he look um, he looks rejuvenated to a certain extent. Well, yeah, because TNA rejuvenated Matt Hardy, but it definitely didn't rejuvenate Jeff Hardy. No. He'd probably rather not remember he was in TNA. Uh, he, um, he may not remember he was there based on some of the stuff that was going on. <laughs> At least the early part. Um, but in terms of this match, for uh, for what you guys talked about, there's two trains that the WWE is riding right now. They're riding the Sheamus and Cesaro train as a team as long as they can, because that I don't think was ever expected. And they're riding the Hardys as champions as long as they can, because that wasn't really ever expected uh, until WrestleMania came around. Sheamus and Cesaro, to me, are eventually going to break up. This is this is what you do. You put a super team together. You keep them together as long as you can. 
and then you blow it up. And, and both guys are more over because of it. And I think that's eventually going to happen. And it's going to be when we quote unquote least expect it. And, and we'll be very happy about it. I don't think they get another run with the tag team titles. The one short run they got to me is all they're going to get. Uh, I do think that the Hardys are going over here. I fully expect to see the Swanton bomb off the top of the cage because Jeff Hardy's crazy. Yep. And, and that's really the only reason why they probably have the cage match in this instance, other than they can't do a ladder match because they just had one and they're about to have two on SmackDown. So it makes no sense for them to do a ladder match here. So to me, I'm going with the Hardys. Um, I, I do think that the revival is going to be who takes it from the Hardys. I think Matt may go away for a little bit after that, A, to heal up, and B, to become broken. And then I do think at some point, Sheamus and Cesaro finally implode, and hopefully it leads to something good for Cesaro because th- that, that time needs to come. Hopefully not another best of seven series. I don't want to see yeah, that. I hope, nah, I hope not. Well, yeah, so we're all uh, unanimous on that one, which brings us to the big one, the main event, the match that's going to redefine the, quote, new era. Uh, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt. I- I'm going to I'll lead this one because here's here's my thinking on this. I kind of rank these guys in the order of uh, you know least likely to win. Roman Reigns is not winning this match. There's absolutely no chance of that. Agreed. That's being saved up for WrestleMania 34. I I don't like to give the dirt sheets too much credit, but one rumor I've heard is that Brock Lesnar, they're going to reestablish him as the beast by having him run through all of these guys and Braun Strowman. And I think that Joe's the one I would save for the last stepping stone for Brock Lesnar to destroy before he gets to Roman, uh, which leaves Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Bray Wyatt. And I think that I'm going to go with Finn Balor to win this match. Uh, I think that there was something, obviously, with Paul Heyman's little promo that he did with Finn Balor a couple weeks ago. Finn is uh, clearly the fan favorite in this match, no doubt about that, even more than Seth. Seth might possibly do this, but I think he's probably second to get his ass kicked by Brock. Uh, Bray Wyatt, (laughs) he had his chance to go against Brock and bitched out of that a couple, like a year and a half ago. Um, I think it'll be like Finn will get wiped out by Brock first, then it'll be Strowman, then you'll see Seth, and then Joe probably around the time of the Royal Rumble or something like that, uh, leading into you know Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But I, I think yeah, there, there was some telegraphing going on. Finn Balor, you know, he took a clean loss to Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins took a clean loss to Roman Reigns. Those two are big indicators to me as to why Roman's not winning this thing because he's booked as strong. You know, take out Braun Strowman for six months. Beat these other two guys clean. Roman's not winning this thing. That's being saved up. But I do think Finn Balor comes out of this thing. The bigger question to me is who takes the loss? I would have rather seen this be a fatal five-way elimination match. That would have been more intriguing. Obviously, they can't do that every time. But I'm figuring that um, I'm figuring Roman might actually take the loss in this match. They humanize him a little bit, bring him down. Maybe Finn Balor gets gets the coup de gras or something happens. Roman gets hit with multiple finishing moves and, and Finn Balor is the last one there. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Finn Balor pins uh, Roman Reigns at the end of this thing to become the uh, first head on the chopping block of Brock Lesnar. Uh, Greg, how do you see this one so, going down? So I, I would love Finn Balor to win if it meant eventually they're going to do this Balor club thing, right? It's, it's going to happen at some point. There's money in it. 
and that's why they would do it. And to me, it makes sense for him to get to go over Lesnar with the help of Gallows and Anderson, and that's how they established the Balor Club. That'd be I great. don't think that happens yet. Uh, I think that happens down the road, uh, and, and and maybe you know they do it to Roman at some time, point in the future because they, they can wait on this. They don't need to do it right away. Um, my pick is actually Joe, Joe to win this match wow. um, and, and, and be sacrificed to Lester because he doesn't lose anything because he hasn't really gained much yet. And, and so I think Joe can actually gain from losing to Brock Lesnar and having a strong showing and doing it, especially with the casual fans who don't quite yet know what Samoa Joe is and the mystique of Samoa Joe. But but here's what I really want to stress. It, the, the, we all know that this whole Braun Strowman thing is bullshit, right? We know that that he's not as hurt as they're saying he is. Absolutely. And that they're just trying to set it up for this surprise return. I honestly believe there's a very good chance that Braun Strowman shows up and just destroys all five guys and we don't get a winner. I, I could honestly see that happening. That's... And then Strowman <laughs> is still the one who battles Lesnar at – uh, and at great balls of fire. Like I could completely see that happening where he's just putting people through tables where he's just going nuts or de- flip another definitely Roman. Yeah, definitely destroys Roman reigns. I can see that in a yeah. heartbeat. I can see taking Roman out of the match um, and, and leaving just the other four. I could definitely see that happening too. But if you're going to do that, just go all the way, just let him destroy everybody. Everyone remains, you know, quote unquote protected. Then you do the, the Strowman versus Lester match that you really want to do because they're not going to put the belt on Strowman. And they got to sell this great balls of fire pay-per-view somehow. Um, and I'll tell you right now, if Roman somehow wins this match, he's winning the belt and great balls of fire. Like they're not going to have him win to lose. And that just means they're done with part-time Lesnar being the champion. Yeah. Um, and they just needed to do that to, to satisfy the whole Goldberg thing. But yeah. so it's a legit pick. I'm going with Joe. Um, I do think this match is going to be a hell of an entertaining match simply because with these five guys and the fact that, I don't know why they're calling it Extreme Rules Fatal Five Way when every Fatal Whatever Way match is automatically no disqualification. Right. So I know it's doing it because it's the name of the pay per view and that's dumb. But uh, to me, at the end of the day, I do th- I could see Strowman eliminating everybody and going with the no contest. But for an actual winner that I have to pick, I'll go with Joe. They do it because it's extreme. <laughs> if you're gonna have the new generation and the new era, then kick down the doors, die with your boots on fall on your sword and go with Finn Balor in this match. Bray Wyatt's been the champion most recently of these five gentlemen, so I think that disqualifies him here. Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns uh, have momentum this past week winning, uh, winning, so I don't think they're going to win in this match here. I think that that's not really a telegraph. That's a telegraph of them losing. It just kind of saves face. Uh, as far as Seth Rollins taking a clean loss to Roman Reigns, I think that was just a way to build parity. Once again, you have this theme of the new generation, the new era, so I think uh, uh, having Rollins take that loss is just a way to kind of trick us. Rollins doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. He can lose this match, and he's still going to be as relevant as ever, especially if they put on a good show, as uh, Greg DeMarco predicts. Uh, Samoa Joe is my second pick to win this match after Finn Balor, but I don't think he wins this because uh, Samoa Joe is just an enforcer. Uh, he's he's a guy who, I think of all these five, I think Samoa Joe's the guy who can afford to take the most L's because he's just such a dominating force. The fans have such a uh, grassroots respect for him that they know this is just a tough son of a bitch that is uh, booked to always be a threat whenever he steps between those ropes. So I've got to go with Finn Balor here. You mentioned, Dave, that he took the clean loss, so perhaps that was his way to give a little heat back before he uh, goes over uh, 
monument uh, monumentally in, in this match. So I'd say Finn Balor wins, ushers in the new era, and let's get this son of a bitch done. Let's not play around here. I like the call. Uh, I, I, th- yeah. I think I like Greg's. Greg's got a good point, too. Greg, you're kind of in the know. Let me ask you this. Why has the muscle buster been banned? Because Joe has not done it since he made it to the main roster. I mean, it's it's not the safest move in the world, let's be honest. And and I think for him, that submission style works a little bit more on the main roster. You also have to remember, this move was established during Joe's run through Ring of Honor when he was larger than everyone he was facing. And and so you're not going to see him use it on a Bray Wyatt or a Bro- Brock Lesnar or, or somebody or else. Or Roman Reigns. Or Braun Strowman. Or Roman Reigns. <laughs> or Braun Strowman. And, <laughs> yeah, or Braun Strowman. Um, so they could be saving it for the right moment to kind of break it out like they did with the GTS and, and Hideo Itami. But I honestly think they just wanted to evolve him into something else, and that's why they're not having him use it per se. Plus, I mean, just the, the toll that it's got to take on the neck and the spine and everything just doesn't seem to me like it's a good move to be doing. And even the toll it takes on Joe's body to execute the move. I mean, he's in his late 30s too. Yeah. Like he's no no spring chicken anymore. It might have been a decision for that where he was – uh, you know, once it, it's like the Styles Clash. You don't see that every day anymore either. And and so some of it is because if a move was so dominant in TNA, it can't be then so dominant in the well, WWE. I, Dude, the, Samoa Joe, did you see that? He got Braun Strowman on his shoulders for the muscle. It, it just killed him. Yeah, that yeah, Braun Strowman killed just fell on it. Killed him. Killed them both. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Well, I mean, yeah, um, the Styles Clash is is uh, injured more people than the Muscle Buster ever has. Oh yeah, definitely. Because the Muscle Buster to me is not a move that you get hurt upon impact like the styles class when it's boshed the muscle buster to me is something that just has long-term effects you know years down the road right right well yeah i i think this this pay-per-view's got some potential to be very good uh I, it probably you know are, are we going to see anything as crazy as some of the uh results at backlash possibly not or probably not but it, it's got potential but you know these things everything's moving towards SummerSlam right now this great balls of fire money in the bank will be Interesting, the first ever women's Money in the Bank match. But um, are, how do you guys are you guys feeling good about this pay per view or kind of cautious? I feel good. I think it's going to deliver. Uh, the five way to me has the opportunity to be phenomenal. Um, you know, I really do think they're going to end up adding our truth and gold dust, and I'd actually care about that, believe it or not. Just thanks to the promos they cut, like they made our truth interesting again. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Uh, the tag match will be entertaining. Uh, you know, I'll be on the edge of my seat watching Miz and Ambrose because I just want them to get that belt off of Ambrose. Yeah. And and so I think there's a lot here to watch. And same with Alexa Bliss, like, you know, she's engaging enough. Like, there's a reason to care about every single match. And I think this five way is going to probably get you know, well over 40 minutes to do its thing. And I think it's going to be highly entertaining. And I think people are going to come away pleasantly surprised. Not that anyone's crapping all over this card. I just think they're sleeping on it. Like no one cares. Right. And and so to me, I think it's going to be a really surprising thing that people watch. You know, you have a lot of people that watch it like Monday afternoon, like, oh man, this is better than I thought. So right. I think, uh, I think it's going to be good. L- last question for you guys, Greg, cause I know you got to get, but uh, who attacked Enzo Amori? Is it Cass? I'm going with Cass all the way. Oh, definitely Cass. Yeah, this is a huge setup for Cass um, to to turn heel and, and be the one behind it. Either that or Enzo's faking them, one of the two. Uh, the Revival walking around as a red herring, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. To me, it's Cass. Here's the thing, though. I, I think in a, a year from now, those guys are back together as heels, and then the fans turn them face again, and that's when Cass is going to be at his highest, still with Enzo at his side. Like This is a long-term thing. This tag team's not done forever, even though it's probably Cass. We've been calling for it for a long time, old Gator. 
I think it's it Cass. I think it's got to be Cass. What do you think? It's Rusev. <laughs> he's not even on Raw. He's just pissed. Okay. He's still pissed about that? It's still angry Rusev? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. He didn't get the joke the first time. I guess I guess not. All right. <laughs> Even though he kicked his ass. I uh, I guess not I guess not. Well, uh hey Greg, before before I let you go, uh for the people listening to this on our show, uh let people know where they can check out uh Greg DeMarco show pro wrestling dot biz network or whatever it's gonna morph into in the uh coming future. Uh but just let the people know where can they check you out, my friend. Of course, go at, at Greg DeMarco 411 on the Twitter. It's the same thing on the Facebook. Or you can just search for Greg DeMarco. Right now, if you go to ProWrestling.biz, you'll be in the right spot. I'm not at, at liberty to reveal the new domain just yet, uh, but it will redirect. So continue to go to ProWrestling.biz to listen to this, as well as tons of other great shows, including myself and, and the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast. Lots of good stuff going on right there. But that is the best way, and, and, and a good week from when you listen to this. The entire brand will have changed, but it'll be in a good way. So uh, just stick with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to let them know the name of the new site, sexyhotstud.com. Right, Greg? Is that it? I have that domain, but I'm going to use it for something else. All right. Um, it's fair I think enough. Gator got my text about that. Didn't you, Gator? That's your site? Yes. Yeah, That that's me who reached out to you about that. Uh, for the people listening on your end, uh, although it'll be repeated several times on this episode, uh, it's the Attitude of Aggression uh, Wrestling Podcast. You can check us out at attitudeofaggression.com. Follow us on Twitter at AttitudeAGG. And of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash attitudeofaggression. Greg, thank you so much for an absolute pleasure to work with you again, my friend. And uh, we'll see how this works out on Extreme Rules. Likewise, it's going to be good. I appreciate you guys doing this and, and, you know, both doing it and contributing all at the same time. It's uh, efficiency at its finest, but it's going to be fun. It's just my recommendation to anyone listening, no matter how they're listening to it, just sit down on Extreme Rules, remove any preconceived notion you have about the show, and just enjoy it. It's what I say about every pay-per-view. Just allow yourself to enjoy wrestling. All those people that hate wrestling and, and, and crap all over the product is because, mostly because they're not giving themselves the opportunity to have fun. Crack open a drink, order a pizza, have some fun. I agree. Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, we'll we'll be talking to you after Extreme Rules. See how this whole thing went down. You got it. Thank you. Shut your dumb mouth. You're welcome. Take the fish.